Welcome to episode four, four, episode four of the Peeling Drag podcast. We uh, are coming off of show season, so we have a little bit of that to our, talk. Our very short show season. Yeah, it's uh, literally one show. <laughs> one show that we did together. Yeah. I technically did three, but so we're gonna still. talk a little bit about uh, new products we saw at the show. Um, touch base on some of that stuff gonna go through some fishing news i don't think either of us have fished since the last time we recorded so Mm-mm. i don't think we really have not much to talk about much on that to front. talk about our buddy david graham caught his personal best bowfin down in florida at 13 and a half pounds that was an absolute giant was it 33 inches long something like that yeah it was a pretty big one big yeah, it's a large bowfin. But let's go ahead and jump into some fishing news to get us started off. I'll start. I seem to pick the most difficult names possible for me to pronounce every time we do this. Don't get us canceled. No, but I'm going to take a stab at it. No. <laughs> I think I got this. Angler, this is from the IGFA. Angler Ing. Yam pin. I'm, I'm terrible at this. That was not a good stab at it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm terrible at pronouncing. And canceled. Yeah, well, that's okay. It's all right. Continue. Recently submitted this beautiful 28-pound snakehead to potentially set the IGFA men's 30-pound line class world record. He was fishing the waters of Rowang, Malaysia, when this giant snakehead crushed his lure. Following a short battle, he was able to land the potential record fish. After recording the weight, <clears throat> excuse me. After recording the weight and proper measurements, the fish was released safely. This record is currently pending and under review. You said giant. Okay, it's a toman. Gotcha. Yeah, That's it's huge. giant snakehead. You said it, giant snakehead. I didn't know if you meant it was a giant. Snakehead, or if it was a giant snakehead. Uh, That's they, a toman. That's a giant. Right. Snakehead. Well, they wrote it as giant was the descriptive word. Gotcha. It wasn't the name. They had just giant snakehead. I'm pretty sure the entire Chana like genus is. Um, I think this. I don't think they separate snakehead records, do they? Mm. Except for all tackle. Yeah, only all tackle separate. As far as line class stuff, it's all one thing. Yeah, it's Chana. So they're all, they're SP. all like mm-hmm. toman. Essentially, mm-hmm. yeah. So that one's gonna be hard to beat here. <laughs> but uh, no, that's just an absolutely giant 
snakehead. It looks like one of those fish pillows. It doesn't even look like... It does. It looks like one of the fish pillows you get out the dump bin at Bass Pro. Yeah, it doesn't even look like a real thing. But absolutely massive snakehead. Uh, Really want to get over to Malaysia and do that at some point. Um, Just incredibly crazy catch. What do you have for us? Um, I have a story about a Minnesota boy that landed a giant walleye to win a massive ice fishing tournament. This is off of Yahoo Sports. So, The 13-year-old boy was the top angler Saturday at a Minnesota charity tournament. This is actually last weekend. Uh, that attracted participants from around the world. Zach, Zach Padro, Padros. Mm. Oh, oh, we're going to make fun of people not I'm being sorry. able to pronounce names? It's a little difficult. Uh. Um, claimed bragging rights at the 33rd annual... JC's ice fishing extravaganza by reeling in a 9.45 pound walleye that struck his jig at a depth of 50 feet. Would it? Is there a photo with that? There is a photo with. Is it, it like a drone photo of just everybody out on the ice? No, it's just one dude standing there with uh, it. Okay, I think I saw with a, a walleye. That's pretty cool. So it's 12. Uh, he is 13. 13. Um, the fish weighed 9. I don't know why they felt the deep. The fish weighed 9. Point Four or five pounds. And then they also said uh, they are the most sought-after game fish in Minnesota. The state record is 17 pounds, 8 ounces. I mean, I don't know if they're the most sought-after. I mean, they might be the most sought-after, but why do you have to be like, yeah, this kid caught a big one. State record's twice that. Yeah. it's kind of <laughs> Congratulations, kid. Dull, no, but, um, dull in his shine a little bit. Boasted that nearly 12,000 people from as far as Australia, France... Oh wow! It was a it was a um online tournament as well. It was in person and online. Well, there's no way Xander are included in that. Yeah. Or well, it says a, a record fourteen thousand three hundred holes were drilled into various lakes by vo- by volunteers on Friday. The yeah. kid won an F one fifty. I'm reading this as we go. I did not read very far into this story. I'm reading it now, and this 13-year-old kid won a brand-new truck, and I'm mad. So by the time he's able to drive it, it'll be pretty much useless. Perfect. Yeah. You want a 2023 F-150. By the time you can drive it in three years, it'll be worth uh, $4,000. So this kid won his dad a new truck. Nice. It'll have 12 miles on it, and it will be broken down. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> it had to be. It says it had to be claimed by his legal guardians. <laughs> oh, figures. Um. Let's see. The group that hosted this tournament has donated over $4.3 million to 75 charities since this event was started in 1991. So it's a, apparently a pretty successful tournament. Four, I mean, $4.3 billion raised in 30 years. That's pretty serious. Um, the F-150 was donated by a local dealership. Mm. It's a charity write-off or something. Yeah, but still, 13-year-old kid caught a almost 9.5-pound walleye, won a brand-new truck. That's pretty solid. I think I was scrolling today, and I think I saw like a Yahoo Sports article or something on it. It was like a drone. It was on Yahoo Sports. Oh, was it? Mm. Well, there you go. It was like a drone photo, and it, it it was weird. Like all of the the ice fishing holes were like set out in a grid almost. It was crazy looking. I don't know. Wonder that, if it's one of those tournaments. I've seen tournaments up there where they have like somebody goes out, drills a ton of holes, mm-hmm. and numbers them. And you draw a whole number out of a hat. Mm, I could see that being the case. I don't know. 
Interesting. But uh, so that's all we have for fishing news on this episode. We're going to move over into uh, what's new in the fishing tackle world. Um, like I said, we're just coming off of a couple of shows that we did. Grant, you did three shows. or you, yes. Yeah, you did three. I only did one. I don't... <laughs> well, two of mine were the fly shows. Right. So we have uh, some new stuff we've seen, and... Um, I'll I'll start. This is actually a company I saw at well, fishing. Actually, Expo. before we get to that new stuff, yeah, the new product. Yeah, well, the... I'm doing that. Gotcha. Right now. Yeah. Okay. okay. Give, give it the program. Never um, mind. The uh, new product that I'm going to. It's not even a new product, really. It's just new to me. It's the Raptor tackle roll. Yeah, those Rem- things are cool. Yeah, it's essentially a. Um, yeah, they're actually not at all new because the dude had one from like nineteen ninety. <laughs> yeah, they're new to me. I'm I, I'm putting people on them in case they don't know. The I new was tackle at... segment has an asterisk next to it. Yeah, it's just kind of like a tackle segment. I don't know if it has to be new stuff, but um, I was this product is essentially a uh, a wrap full of like heavy kind of nylon bags that you slide your baits down in and it just so happens that like a week prior to me seeing this i was up at green top here in uh richmond virginia looking for basically that sort of thing something you can put bigger baits in or walleye rigs just you know you don't always need a tackle box you need something that's easy to throw in a backpack or something and uh these raptor tackle rolls are pretty legit so they come in a bunch of different sizes um, the website is raptortackleroll.com if you want to check them out. They have varying sizes, everything from musky all the way down to panfish sizes, um, yeah, offshore like a, stuff. They're like a really thick, like, Cordura fabric mm-hmm. outside. Like, yeah, I think they're, I mean, the fabric felt like it's probably waterproof, but mm-hmm. they roll up like a... It's almost like a canvas, sort of, Yeah, right? but they, uh, trying to dis- trying to think of what you could describe the bags as. I mean, like the... The bags are more like sleeves. Yeah. But um you know what they you know what they kind of feel like? They kind of feel like those bags that like did you ever have one of them shoe organizers that you hung on like the back of a door? Mm. The really, I know what you're talking really about. Really thick, yeah. heavy, like really thick plastic. Um Yeah. They're uh, yeah, I, and they're clear, but you know, that's kind of cool. Yep. I like the little tiny one. They had that one that mm-hmm. was maybe like 16 inches wide mm-hmm. and it rolled out to be like 2 feet long. Yeah, I mean I immediately thought, like, all my shad tackle yep. right there. Yep. It's just super easy. I don't know. For, for some reason, that type of thing feels easier to deal with than, like, boxes and all this stuff. Yeah. I don't know, don't know if it necessarily is, but it's just a cool thing. Like, I could see myself being able to use it. I actually have the website pulled up right here. Definitely. I could see it definitely being more popular to boat. Yeah. could see a couple issues with it from a kayak standpoint because you do have to unroll the whole thing to get to like some of the baits. Yeah. That was the only that was the only issue I saw with that product. It was that well that and like it'd be good like you just got to throw something in a backpack. Or yeah. if you're like me and you half your fishing tackle lives in your truck most of the time, you can just kind of keep it behind a seat or something. Yeah. But um right here it says double t- <clears throat> Excuse me. Double tough vinyl pouches. The lure pouches on a Raptor tackle roll are made of a premium double polished vinyl that resists punctures from hooks and sticking together. Provides a first layer of protection for children and pets against sharp hooks. So, <laughs> the very next thing on this page, 
also ideal for kayak, paddleboard, and canoe fishermen. So they're proving you're wrong. Guess I'm wrong. Yeah. No, I don't know. What's what's the problem? Okay. It just so happens in the middle of this podcast we're getting groceries delivered, just letting you know it's real. We thought we might have finally worked all the cakes no, out. No, it's going to be cake. <laughs> Look, you're four episodes in. You know what it's about. You're either going to keep listening or you're not. We sat here for like two hours just messing with gear again, trying to get everything to be compatible and work together. But it's no sweat. We're figuring it out. But back to the Raptor tackle roll. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of like the stuff the surf fishermen use, like yeah, their like surf the plug bags, plug bags, and like the offshore dudes. They have the the rolls that they put uh, yeah. like teasers and stuff in. Yeah, they, those Shimano I think has made a roll like that for the offshore guys for a while. Um, yeah, they I forget what they call it. But yeah, I've I've been on a like an offshore rig where they have mm-hmm. all their like those were they called the um you know the acrylic head like marlin teasers that yeah, you slide yeah. over a ballyhoo yeah um i forget the brand name but they have all of those at a huge roll not like, andy is it no that's the mono company um I it doesn't matter I, I can vividly see them they have the eye with a little seagull yeah, yeah 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 but um yeah anyway uh but yeah the first mate rolls out this huge roll there's like 75 yeah. of them in there like yeah i don't know it's just a cool thing i mean i think they might be trying to work in, uh, like black try- bart black bart lures gotcha, That's gotcha. What they are. i think they might be trying to get their price point down i mean they i would see these being a little just in all transparency i see them being a little expensive for most people yeah um but you and know the most expensive one like about 70 bucks yeah, so the big hitter, which looks to be that's one of their uh, models. The big hitter has twenty four pockets, sixty five ninety nine. The Grand Slam, which is granted, a, you gotta remember too, these have more storage than like yeah. It's not like you're comparing this to one Plano box. Like this bag right. would replace like seven or eight Plano boxes. Yeah. So if you're a musky fisherman, here's a good example. The Slugger Pro has eight pockets, so you can imagine it's pretty big. It goes for 80 bucks. So their most expensive stuff on the site is 80 bucks. They have a crankbait bag, sleeve thing, 54 pockets, basically everything's $80. You can get three tackle rolls in like a bundle. It's like three different sizes for 186. So... I don't know. It it may not be for everyone, but if you're like me and you have that kind of niche need there's for something like that, there's definitely guys that that'll buy those. Yeah, I mean, but, they had a legit booth, so people are mm-hmm. people are definitely buying them. I believe they're based out of North Dakota. I want to say Bismarck, North Dakota. That's what he's, I remember him saying North Dakota, but it's a pretty cool thing. Anyway, moving on. Uh, what do you got? This one is a new product like actually new new like new as in today new new to everyone not just josh dolan they launched it 12 hours ago launched actually five hours ago Ah, it's super duper new so y'all are hearing it here first which is actually probably not true (laughs) because this is the fourth podcast (laughs) you're going to be hearing this about a week and a half to two weeks after it was launched at least yeah but um anyway new product announcement Available February 17th uh, from Yak Attack. It's the new uh, Mighty Mount Duo Rail Adapter, which is designed for the Hobie H-Rail. That's uh, really convenient for me and 
Josh as well because yeah. he fishes out of a pro angler. Um, the pro anglers ever since 2019, no, 2018, I think, had the 10 sided rail um, mm-hmm. attachment on them. And the H rail. Yeah. Up until recently, well, basically up until now, I don't think Yak Attack has made a 10 sided rail attachment, um, which is convenient because I prefer Yak Attack's products. Um, but this is a duo rail mount. I'll see if I can get a picture blown up enough for. I guess we don't have that camera operational right now. Nah, I mean, you can point it yeah. at that one. So you might be able to see it from that picture. It's um the way it works, so it's it's ten sided rail adapter that has two basically connections. So instead of just being a single sleeve to mount one product, you can mount multiple things. Right. So you could have it high like on the top and the bottom of the rail adapt uh, uh, on the rail yeah, or on the sides. So uh, a good picture right here shows a you can kind of see it. The colors are clashing a little bit, but you can see you got a paddle holder on the yeah, outside. Yeah, I got the same yeah. picture. So paddle holder on the outside and a rod holder like a Zuka tube facing forward. Um, I swear, even if man. you don't, even if you don't plan to mount two things to it, yeah, that just looks like a really solid adapter for the yeah. H rail, which is which is nice. Dude, Luther and the people at Yak Tech. I mean, we're affiliated with them, so obviously we're somewhat biased, but the stuff that they come up with is always like you could just make a rail adapter yeah but we're gonna make it better by making it dual purpose like that's just well if y'all want like a better idea of all of the cameras in this room are currently mounted to the wall with yak attack products yeah yak attack camera mount yak attack camera mount yak attack camera mount and they're all mounted to the walls with mighty mounts yeah so essentially what this uh, product, this is the Mighty Mount Duo Rail. We have the Mighty Mount. Uh, so imagine a single use Mighty Mount that we're using to hold our cameras to the yeah. wall. Now you have one that basically cleanly mounts mm-hmm. to the 10 sided rail of the Hobie. So. Yep. Yeah, we have the Mighty Mount, what Mighty Mount XL on a couple of these cameras. So yeah, this is just something adding to that product line. Super cool stuff. Um, this says it's going to be available February 17th. So the website and this podcast. 15 days from today. Today is. The second. The second. So the podcast and the website go live on the 6th. So this one will probably be coming out right about the time this thing goes live. So if you're hearing this, go buy it. It's yep. probably available right now or in a day from now. So As far as I know, this is the only company other than Hobie that has made a H-Rail compatible mount. I don't think other kayak mounting companies have done it. I don't think Railblazer or any of those guys have made one yet. I know Ram hasn't. Yeah. Um because that's always kind of been the thing. The H-Rail was always super nice, but you had to buy like a Hobie H-Rail mount. And then Yak Attack actually made attachments for the H-Rail mounts where you had to pop out the retainer pin yeah. and drop the Yak Attack thing in and then add the retainer pin back. So, I mean, it was still clean, but this yeah. you know, goes around it all entirely. You'll just be able to buy them out. Yep. It's cool, so. cool stuff, man. I could see multiple camera mounts. I could see, honestly, multiple rod holders. Show, seeing how that last um, 
photo, the one with the rock. Yeah, instead of a paddle holder on the right, you could have another rod. Yeah, holder. you could do like basically spider rigging out of your kayak. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's you can't probably can't put two catfish rods that close together, but you could do spider spi- yeah spider rigging or anything like that. So, um, we'll have a review on the Habrods Will Travel dot com website. So if you want to go see some photos and a write up about it, we'll have them available on the site to check out. And then if you want to purchase them, you can go to yakattack.us and go to the uh, mighty. It's called the Mighty Mount Duo Rail Adapter. So. We have Harley back in the building working the cameras again, so now we have more than one <laughs> camera view. How'd that go? Super good? Yeah. Sounded like it was a little complicated? Mm-hmm. Mm, perfect. Everything fine? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Doesn't okay. sound like it's fine. <laughs> it's always, we're filming at my house, recording at my house, and we, we live on a very confusing driveway apparently it's like the end we're on a gravel driveway in the middle of the woods and at the end of the driveway it forks so we constantly get my neighbor's stuff like we got a the house over there yeah we get an incense diffuser yesterday and then like a whole bunch of groceries today so it was kind of cool i figured out that my neighbor is a catfish guide and apparently fishes i know it's crazy i talked to the guy for like an hour it was nuts but apparently he's a catfish guide and that's that guy mm. interesting yeah i gave him some of that magic thread stuff so oh, i tried yeah. to get him his good graces maybe he and i can link up but uh he uh, seemed to be a pretty cool guy. But, yeah, so apparently we had some other issue. We ordered groceries to the house, and Harley looks pretty perturbed about the situation, so I'm guessing it didn't go well. Also, my psychopathic kitten is attacking the door right now, so super good stuff. Just kidding. I don't have a cat. I was just kidding. <laughs> it doesn't live here. It's Anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Okay, well, so that's the... Uh, that's the new tackle new tackle from yak attack so we didn't exactly discuss how we're going to move into this next segment i don't know we've only been talking for 22 minutes so i'm not really sure how we're going to make this entire segment go at an hour and 10 minutes basically we'll make it work but Uh, i think what here's what we'll do we'll talk about the fly fishing expo and just kind of run down through that because yeah, i was in chronological chronological order because yeah. fly fishing expo was first then it right. was the expo we worked and then yeah. i went to jersey yeah so. and then we'll throw in the fish talk somewhere in there just to kind of break it up a little yeah. bit but we um we came off three expos so we have the virginia fly and wine festival and the richmond fishing expo and then grant went to the edison fly fishing show in edison new jersey so um I'd say those are like they're escalating. The flying one's only so big, and then the ex- Richmond Fishing Expo is a little bigger, and then the Edison one's obviously yeah. what the biggest one in the country. Yeah, it's the largest fly fishing so, in the country. Tell me about the flying wine expo, as I am not uh, a fly fisherman. So that is it's a really old show. It's been not really old, but it's been around a while. Um, used to be in Waynesboro, then they moved it up to the fairgrounds at Doswell. Right. Um. That is kind of the first official show of the, like, fly fishing season. There's, I think there's one in, like, Idaho that's right before it. But um, in terms of, like, the bigger shows, that's definitely the first one. Um, it's one of our local shows, so that one's always really easy. Yeah. Um, 
as some of y'all might know, and even if you don't, I'm a, a Norvice fly tying ambassador. Humble brag. For the company. Yeah. Humble brag. Yeah. I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. And, <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, I, whenever I go to that show, I'm always in the Norvice booth tying yeah. and selling flies. Um, I don't know what it is about Richmond, but Norvice does really well at that show every yeah. year. We always just move an insane amount of ices at that show right it helps um that show has kind of started dwindling a little bit i think um, all of them kind of have though. yeah but like this one is okay it's dwindling a little um right to put it in perspective we were the only vice company there this year so mm-hmm. that helps yeah it helps um, when your competition doesn't get off the bus we so were the good. only vice company and there was like three people other than us selling flies so that definitely pushed the business so what is the point of the show there's a lot of brands that come and like a lot of guides and outfitters come um couple couple fly tying like material yeah companies show up i mean it's fly shop so i mean there's there's a lot of people there and then it's also the fly and wine festival so a bunch of breweries and mm. wineries in virginia show up but gotcha it used to be i mean i remember the first year it was at the new venue it was nuts yeah because i guess they sold the show really well and told them it's like you know new venue indoors because mm-hmm. it used to be in a big tent in wadesboro it was like three different tents yeah now they're like oh you know new show got it all lined up i mean everybody came like Right. Even smaller companies like Allen came, but like bigger, you know, all the big rod companies, real manufacturers, they were all there. Now, like none of them come anymore. Right. Um, but it's it's still a good show. I mean, I did really well. Sold sold a lot of flies. We sold a bunch of Norvices, so that was good. Yeah. Um, sold a couple kids some Norvices, getting them into fly tying. That's, That's always good. good to see. A couple of Braden Millers coming down the pipe. Yeah. So. But so he what? Squad, like if you walk, <laughs> I didn't even hear what you said. So I'm not even gonna comment. He ain't nothing. Oh, uh, okay. Braden Miller. Yeah. You ain't nothing, kid. Yeah, he's our our buddy. Lives in here in Richmond with us. He's uh, gonna be the next big fly fishing protege if he stays on the right track with all the stuff. So, if I walk into the expo, is it just lodges? I mean, I know what the Richmond fishing expo is. It's tackle. Um, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, but like. You've got a lot of, of the other, I guess the other, uh, like... If nobody's selling flies... Then the like, other what group I kind of forgot about is, like, artists. There's a lot of, like, uh, artists that come. So, like, I see. watercolors and, like, really high-end stuff like that. There was your typical shit. Like, this is every show nowadays. It's uh-huh. kind of a running joke. But, like, there's always a gutter salesman at every show. Gutter? There were gutter salesmen at the fishing expo. Like, literal gutters. Gutters for your house. Ah, so I'm missing out. I need to take my painting business to the There is always a gutter salesman. Nice. And there is now always someone selling alpaca products. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> What's funny, though, uh, there is a guy who runs a company called Fiberflies that has made all alpacas dubbing for fly tying. He's mm-hmm. actually on the Norvice team. His stuff's pretty cool. Mm. But on the complete opposite side of the building, there was a lady selling alpaca socks. Nothing I, to do with fly tying. Or fly I can fishing. only imagine they smell terrible. Um, they smell. Like I spit. imagine they've been cleaned. They smell like alpacas. They smell like al- alpacas. <laughs> Those are llamas. Llamas. Spit. Oh, okay. Alpacas whatever. don't spit. Uh, sure. So I'm an doing. expert. My auto's a bunch of them. Sure, sure. Anyway, no, but it's. So trying, I need to. I'm take like trying to think of the layout, like. You know, Mossy Creek and those guys, they always have a huge deal. So a lot of clothing for sale, like right. waders and 
like Sims and all the Patagonia brands, a bunch of rods for sale at all the shops and yeah. the big casting ponds. So you got places to cast and yeah. um, you got a lot of, uh, I think nowadays what brings the most people is like your guest speaker list mm-hmm. and like guest instructors. You have a lot of dudes doing casting demos and yeah. tying demos and all that stuff. So, right. so I need to take my fin- finger painting business yep. and the, I'll start. Yeah, I'm gonna do the like hand turkey, and I'll sell those. But in the like, booth. take someone else's hand and like yeah. stick it on there, uh-huh. and then draw a fish in their uh, hand or yeah. something. That's super artistic. Yeah. Well, that was. It can't be any less artistic than the photocopied feathers we saw at the Richmond Fishing Expo. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> uh, I mean, do you have anything else to? Oh, I'm trying to like think of the layout of the show. Um, oh yeah. Um, friends it. My friends, I guess. I don't think you're really with them yet, but uh, Catch Cam Nets was there. They uh, they had some new products. The A lot of companies unveil that are new products at the Richmond show. At least if you're an East Coast company, mm-hmm. a lot of people do it at the Richmond show mm-hmm. because it's the first show of like this side of the country season. Gotcha. Um, and then if you're just like any other company, a lot of other companies wait for the Jersey show gotcha. just because it's so big. But um, yeah, a lot of... A lot of artists, a lot of not a lot of fly tires, but a lot of Which guides. Which is so weird. Yeah, well, you would expect there most, to be more. That's the one gripe that I have, and I think the guy who runs the show uh, could really, if you want to take a little constructive criticism, um, he doesn't. He doesn't want to, but you're going to listen to. I don't even know who you're talking about. Okay, <laughs> um, keep going. Most shows have, you know, a. They'll either they they're usually run one of two ways. You either have a very expensive vendor fee, mm-hmm. so your vendors pay a lot of money to have a table for the weekend, right? But then you have a very cheap entry fee, so there I may see, not see. be very many vendors, but they're going to be premium vendors. Mm-hmm. And since there's not a lot of vendors, the customer doesn't have to pay a ton to get in, right? So you feel like you get your money's worth, right? Or you have a very steep entry fee mm-hmm. for a customer but an extremely cheap vendor fee. So, yeah, they're paying a lot of money to get in, but freaking everybody's there. Yeah. This show is extremely expensive tables, and it's fairly expensive to get in. It's 25 bucks a head to get in. Yeah, it's not cheap. I do think the 25 bucks though, it's a little justified at the Richmond show because you get the wine and the alcohol with it included. So that's a little different. But, like, the one thing I would like to see at this show would be what a lot of shows have, which is a tires row. Yeah. A lot of shows, the whole outside of the building – Yeah, that would be sick. Up against the wall is – Yeah. You can pay less to be, like – just get instead of a booth, you get a table this big. You get an eight foot fold out ta- or a six yeah. foot fold out table, and it's like two hundred bucks for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Because realistically, I mean, a lot of these shows like an eight or ten foot booth for the weekends gonna be close to a thousand dollars. Yeah, unless you're one of these big names, you know. Yeah, whoever, just whatever name you want to think of in the fly fishing industry. Pat Cohen. Pat Cohen, Blaine Chocolate. Ben Wally, yeah, whoever. Right. I mean, these guys who are big, you're not selling a thousand dollars worth of flies. I yeah, that's a lot. That's a thousand dollars worth of flies to break even. Yeah. I mean, you're not showing up to a show to break even for the weekend. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, when you could just, especially with the way social media is nowadays. I mean, look, I posted, "Hey guys, my show season's over. I got these boxes 
Yeah. I sold two hundred dollars worth of flies in twenty minutes on Facebook. I mean, I don't like, know. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It, if they had something like that, it would give me half a reason the, to come. The as tires row is fisherman. what needs to return. It was at the original yeah. time at Booth Doswell. There was one line of tires up down, like down one wall, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know what those booths cost, but they're obviously cheaper. You don't have walls. You're sitting yeah. not elbow to elbow, but arm's length from two from another tire on each side of you mm. you have your vice your your you know displays however mm-hmm. you want to sell your flies but you charge those guys 150 bucks for the weekend you're yeah. gonna get a ton of people coming and and i mean if you're running the show you may be like oh 150 bucks ain't a lot of money that's 150 bucks you didn't have before yeah i mean every single one that comes is another 150 bucks well especially if the building's not filled out yeah like well, what you, you do is you space. charge those guys 150 bucks and then say, okay, it's 150 bucks and supply me with a raffle item. So yeah. like four flies at an assortment or like whatever you consider to be a hundred dollars worth of flies. Yeah, give me that I mean, for a raffle item. It doesn't even have to be that cheap either. Like a hundred, it could be 250 bucks. Well, you still, know. I'm just I'm trying to think about it from like a fly tires perspective. Yeah, if you're coming to sell flies and try and make money. Yeah. If you know when you walk in, I gotta sell one hundred and fifty dollars worth of flies to break even. Yeah, you're more likely but to see, show up. It. The other thing about that is to like, just in the world of social media that we're all operating in now, like, it would seem like if you're trying to make it big in that world and get known as a fly tire, one hundred and fifty bucks is worth to get in front of oh, a yeah, bunch of eyes for if, sure. And then you're there in person promoting your own product yeah. and your social media, like, you know, yeah. it, guys pay 10 bucks to get post yeah just to sponsor a post yeah so i mean i could see and like i said man i'm not a fly tire at all and barely a fly fisherman if you want it's fair weather it's situational but if there were guys there that could like see what they're doing like some yeah it that feeds into my like creativity brain whereas like other than that i have no reason to go like i don't i don't the, I mean, the, in terms like the one thing I was a little bummed about, or the most bummed about, was there's there's two people I usually spend a good amount of money with, Brad Buzzy, who he was there, right? He's got the best bucktails in the game. Like mm-hmm. every bucktail he has is ten times nicer than any bucktail you're gonna find at a store, and right. the same price, right? And he's got some that look like they came off a damn caribou, like unbelievable yeah. bucktails. Those northern bucktails. Well, oh, well, they're they're all they're northern, all, yeah, but like these were freaking arctic tundra yeah, bucktails right, right. i guess That's these the, things the farther north yeah, is he's like mean. some of these bucktails he has he has some that he like doesn't even put out for sale you have mm-hmm. to ask for them mm-hmm. and it's like hey do you have like a premium one and he'll and i mean they'll be 50 bucks a piece yeah but like the the hair on the top of the bucktail will be 10 inches long yeah like it's unbelievable ridiculous looking. looks like they've got a sail hanging off of it like i can't imagine yeah. what that looks like yeah. in the wild deer puts its tail up and it's a stop sign it's gigantic it gets blown over yeah <laughs> but um yeah he's he's got some really cool stuff and he dyes all his bucktails himself so like not necessarily the quality of the bucktail but the colors right. too you go into like any fly shop and they have the same 10 color bucktails they yeah. all look the same yeah you go to buzzies and like yeah he might have dyed it carolina blue but like it's a little bit different shade or yeah like same with chartreuse well, you know be... how fishermen are they want any little edge yeah. if it's not the mainstream thing but like in a lot of those flies those bucktail flies since it's a natural material it's not like the synthetics that are out there today where you can blend material together and make mm-hmm. the colors fade into each other mm-hmm. bucktail 
having two or three different shades of blue Helps. can really help actually get a natural look to the fly when you're tying it because that stuff it's not like you can actually blend the colors All right but um but yeah so he was there that was good the other guy that usually comes but didn't come this year was a uh, bear's den he was at edison but he wasn't there he sells a uh, big arctic foxtails that mm. he dyes a bunch of colors and I, I usually pick up some of those i got you but um but yeah i mean the show was good it's 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 always good for us. We yeah. we have a big booth, and I feel like since it's a local show, I've got a bunch of like local people that see me there every year, so yeah. they come to buy flowers from me. So mm-hmm. I, I I always do well at that show. I, I mean, the other thing too, man, like the majority of the, at least my experience with it, like going to a show is seeing people and yeah. rubbing elbows with people, and if you're charging. 25 bucks a head that's yeah. hard to get that environment going and you know fly fishing like, kind of get the 25 bucks for one that's got alcohol like yeah. i understand yeah, that makes sense but like the fishing expo mm-hmm. shouldn't cost more than 10 bucks to get to the fishing expo yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, i mean really i i mean at least for central virginia there's only a few It'd be a little different we've heard like texas or yeah, florida right there's only a few like situations throughout the year where you have a gathering of fishermen and you know for us in the kayak fishing world in which we operate at times that's the tournaments yak tech tournament you know whatever like that's when we'll see a lot of our friends we don't normally see and then like the fishing expo so it's more for us i mean we're working the show for appomattox river company and helping them push kayaks and and help people get into kayaks and figure out you know how kayak fishing works and all that but the other side of that is we're seeing people we haven't seen in basically a year yeah i mean everybody gets busy nowadays you don't see a lot of people and I mean that's that's kind of that's my takeaway from these fishing expos. I mean, we have really good tackle shops here in Central Virginia. We're yeah. lucky with that, so we really don't need like you always hunt around. Well, it's like the fishing expo this year. Like we'll transition to the fishing expo yeah. now. So yeah, that's all I had to say about the fly show. It was right. good, the yeah. Richmond fly show. But like at the Richmond fishing expo, it's it's essentially a bass show. Granted, Catch the yeah. Fever was there this year. They had a really big booth. That's where but, I got um, the shirt and this hat. Well, well I made it. Anyway, <laughs> but, um, they had a big booth, and then um, but you know, Green Top has the biggest booth at the show. Yeah, and their store is five miles down the road. Yeah, like, well, that's the thing. Like guys like us who shop Green Top, yeah, we could just avoid the whole center of the store <laughs> yeah. of the show because we're like, oh, I know where every item in well, the it's store like is. You have the we in my travels throughout the country. Humble brag, flex. Um, I've noticed that. It just so happens that little old Richmond, Virginia has one of the best tackle shops in the country. You know, short of your box chain stores, Bass Pro, Cabela's, all that. But, like... I've probably been in 75 to 100 tackle shops around wherever I've been. And Green Top. Yep. Ocean's East. Yep. And... Honestly, one that's overlooked a lot is Bobcats down there by by yep. Kerr. Bobcats is mm-hmm. sick. Yep. Especially if you like Zoom, they have yep. every Zoom product in every color. It's the, unbelievable. The cool thing is these are all like small. These businesses. are single stores. Like yeah. I mean, Ocean's East I think has four locations. Yeah, they but have, we know the guy that yeah, owns it. I mean, you know, it, it makes it easier to support a business 
if you know the people that are running it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've shopped at Green Top. I've, I've I, yeah, I have memories in Green Top prior to everything. Probably both of our first rod reels, one way or another, came right. from Green Top. Right. Absolutely. So, needless to say, the fishing expo doesn't do a lot for us. I mean, we Not have a Bass Pro five minutes from here, and I never go there. I go to Green Top. We have a so, Bass Pro, a Cabela's, an Academy. Had a Gander Mountain, but we had a Gander Mountain, but Green Top said, ah, "Let yeah, me get that." Yeah, and then, <laughs> literally Green Top. If you don't know, check them out. GreentopHuntFish.com. They literally they're the first off. They're the largest gun retailer on the entire East Coast. They're like the top distributor for Remington products. Yeah, and they um, they've been around seventy five years. I had a hat in here. They I were in a very small building. Yeah, and the aisles were so packed. Yeah. They were so close together. If you walked down the aisle, you had to you had to turn around if somebody was in the yeah. aisle. You couldn't get past them. Yeah. And they moved into a Gander Mountain and instantly didn't have enough space in a Gander Mountain. All Gander Mountain did was build Green Top their building. Yeah. <laughs> they moved in less than a it's mile like that, away. It's like that meme with Dollar General sees an empty field in the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gander Mountain <laughs> Gander just... Mountain moved in Green Top said so that's gonna be ours. All Gander Mountain did was build Green Top's building for him and lease it for like three years. And Gander Mountain was only here like three years. I went to that store maybe five times. Yeah. Four of which were in the last two weeks they were open before they closed yeah, and everything shaved was, heads. Every, everything, everything was cheap. Yeah. I, well, in my early days, I worked at Dick's Sporting Goods and walking into a Gander Mountain was, back was when like. Dick's actually sold a lot of fishing tackle. Yeah. But it's like you walk into Gander Mountain and you're getting like trauma. It's like yeah. going, I mean, it was just, it was exactly like Dick's Sporting Goods, essentially. All the pegs were empty. The, there was no barcodes on anything. Nothing was in Gander the right Mountain spot. is like this weird void between like a. Bass Pro Shops, a Dick's Sporting Goods, and a REI. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, yeah. They it's can... priced like REI. It's supposed to have the selection of Bass yeah. Pro, but all the pegs are empty, like a Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah, and they have like the Dick's Sporting Goods vibe when it comes to packaging and, yeah. and labels and all that. But needless to say, Green Tops the shit. They, the next they, level. They literally yeah. bought the building and they've done nothing but blow up since then. And thousands of used guns. Yeah, we're sale. we're really lucky to be friends with those guys. But enough of pumping them. Like what yeah. what I'm getting at here. We have like an incredible amount of fishing tackle and stuff available to us at all times. Right. So the expo to us isn't necessarily about seeing products and seeing yeah. fishing tackle. It's more about seeing people that we don't always see. Right, and it's always fun. And, you know, we walk the aisles and we try to hunt for those baits that you don't really... We did say this year there was more stuff at the Fishy Expo mm-hmm. that I actually wanted to purchase yeah. than there has been probably the last five Yeah, for expos. sure. I, I had more, like, reason to buy things than... It's fine. Don't worry <laughs> about it. We're, we're, we have an off-camera distraction, but it's totally fine. I can't hear in my headphones, so it's, it's okay. We're good. We're good. But anyway... Yeah, there's, there's, this year has been more, like, productive on, like, potential things we could buy that yeah. we we don't have normally. Catch so. the Fever was there. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Didn't see in that North Carolina state record flathead. Yeah. Well, they had the North Carolina state record flathead, and they had a 141-pound blue cat out of Kirk. Two pounds yeah. off the world record. Both and, were... Both were mounts, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were, were um, replica mounts. Fireglass reproductions. But to to see 
the sheer size of a near world record blue cat like you hear 143 and you kind of have an idea but like when you see that mountain person you're like there's like you just your brain yeah. doesn't understand it you know what i mean i will say the the flathead mount when you're looking at it that fish doesn't look exponentially bigger than the right. fish we catch it's just when you look at it you can see where its girth doesn't mm-hmm. end. It's the same thickness from its head all the way to the knuckle yeah. of its tail. Yeah, when like, you still stare down the barrel of that fish and you're yeah. looking into its mouth, I mean, it's I thick. I'd like to know the... how long that fish so was. So, Tyler Barnes uh, is out of uh, Noose River, North Carolina. I don't know where he lives. I just know he caught that fish on the noose and he fishes the noose a lot. He's um, on the Catch the Fever team. He caught that fish, got his his payout for the state record. Ten thousand dollar check. I don't know if it's ten or five. I think it's five if you catch the fish. If you catch a fish on a, if you catch a state record fish on a catch the fever rod, it's it's five. five And then if you're wearing apparel, it's another five or something like that. Or it might be ten and twenty. I don't know. I don't know the exact number. It's not the point. But he caught that fish. It was seventy eight pounds. Broke the North Carolina state record. And he told me, Tyler Barnes was there. He told me that fish is like inches shorter than what it was. He said, "I oh. want to say, he, I want to say he said it was like fifty-four or fifty-five inches long." All of this with a grain of salt, people. Yeah. I'm not. I'm going you strictly see, off I mean, of memory. The video is on TikTok. You can see him release yeah. the fish. It's huge. Yeah, I think it's Tyler Barnes underscore catfishing on TikTok. I believe I think it's like Team Dinks. That's catfishing. a different thing. Oh, I can tell you right now. I'll look it up. I know he goes live on that like Team Dinks catfishing. Yeah, or something. let me uh, turn my volume down. Let me turn my volume down. My uh, TikTok algorithm is wild. <laughs> so, <laughs> There's no telling what's gonna pop up. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Tyler Barnes, I'm following him, it is Tyler Barnes underscore catfishing, he has 23.7 thousand followers on TikTok, but, um, yeah, he, he, he caught that fish, I think, in, like, August, like, it was just the fact that it was that big in a river, yeah, I mean, here's his release video right here, yeah, well, you're not screen recording, so we won't get to see it. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna like pause it when you can see the fish. Yeah. Really well. But he, uh, I, I talked yeah, I mean, to. I mean, dude, that that fish is way bigger than what that mount looked like. Look what they go to put in the water. Yeah. That. Nothing. If I caught a flathead of Look that at size. How long that fish is. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like if I caught that a, makes it dwarf the ones we catch. That mount did not do that fish justice. If I caught a flathead of that size, I would. That's it. You can put me in the ground. I'm done. I've achieved what I've needed to achieve. Like that. Yeah, that fish, is, it may not be 54, 55. That fish is 50 plus inches long. Oh, yeah. It, he said it was somewhere in the ballpark of 55, I think. I just yeah. can't remember exactly. But the deal is, I talked to him about like what the Noose River environment is like. And it's a lot like the rivers on the upper end of Kerr, I think, yeah. where it's really woody. You could look at the videos when he's fishing. It looks a lot like the dam. Mm-hmm. And he, he fishes with a jet motor, so I'm sure that's the case. Yeah. But he told me that their flathead fishery down there is a lot of, like, 30 and 40 pounders. Like, it's kind of the same weight as here. Yeah. Like, their trophy is about 40 pounds. Maybe, like, a big fish, is, like, a really big fish is, like, 50. Like, that thing was just a freak. an anomaly. So, it's super cool. And Ty Tyler, like, wonder how much it beat the old state record by. Um, I don't know. I mean, I might be able to look it up on the fly. I, I just don't want any dead air. But let's see, North Carolina state record 
Flathead. If I can bring up the article, it should tell I'm about me. To tell you the old one. It was seventy-eight pounds, fourteen ounces. Let's see. Essentially, an eighty-pound flathead. Yep. Just so, we'll read it. Forty seventy. Okay, so this is the full article. It says almost fifteen years ago, Fayetteville angler Brian Newberger pulled a seventy-eight pound, fifty-two inch flathead out of the Cape Fear River above Lock and Dam, number three, to set a state record. He beat the previous record of 69 pounds from 1994. So, there's been some big ones. Yeah. It was 69, then it was yeah. 78, now it's 78-14. Yeah. So, on July 19th... I was expecting it to have beaten it by like 15 pounds or something. It beat it by less than a pound. Yeah, but I mean, it's still like a freaking giant. Oh, yeah, but I was just expecting it to be like a bigger gap in the previous yeah. record. When you get like the upper echelon, that's how that stuff goes. Like yeah. our new state record only beat the old one by like. It's okay. That's only fifty pounds lighter <laughs> yeah. than the all tackle record flathead, <laughs> which was caught suppo- on spam. No, it was, no, it's supposedly caught on a minnow and like a Zebco thirty three. I swear it was caught on chunk of spam. No, I know no, I read no, that. No, it, that's complete bull. It was looking it up. It was caught by a crappy angler on like. Eight pound test on a Zebco thirty three. I do know it was a Zebco thirty three. But that fish, that that particular fish has come with nothing but speculation since it was turned in. Most really? people think it was like near death, and the guy kind of like snagged Picked it in the mouth. Think about a hundred and twenty three pound flathead. I can't. Like you, you, you're not catching that on a Zebco thirty three, especially a Zebco thirty three with eight pound line. Or should say and the, the fact that like no catfish, no flathead has ever been close to that. No, the only ones you ever ever see that are anywhere near the ballpark are all caught on like limb lines and trot lines, and they're all like, like every I feel like every half a dozen years, like every half decade or so, probably actually probably longer than that maybe every decade you hear of a triple digit flathead yeah and it's always some dude in like deep mississippi running a limb line and they'll catch it and it doesn't count I mean, for that's anything. the fish yeah that show the camera uh, that fish. i don't know if you can see it it'll probably focus but i mean the fish looks like it swallowed a bowling ball yeah it's just it and it's also in noticeably horrible shape. But yeah. Who knows? I mean, from the looks of the picture, it's not like that fish was taken very good care of. Well, it also wasn't dead either. Like that fish still has plenty of color in yeah. it. So it's hard to say what the truth is. With any record catch like that, you're gonna have a certain amount of speculation. I mean, this fish was over five foot length. That's sixty inches. That's. I mean, in that picture, it's over five feet. That yeah, fish is that huge. is insane. But I mean, every, like I said, every record fish comes with speculation. The 143 pound blue cat. There's been speculation around that thing. They say that I've heard murmurings, and I'm not going to say one way or the other. But supposedly, it was supposed to have been caught on a jug line or something. But who knows, dude? It's if you're oh, the here you, you want to know a cool story. If about you're it. the top dog, everybody's coming for you, so, so it doesn't matter. Did you know Polly's flathead catfish was frozen? for many years before it was presented to the Kansas Department of Wildlife, Parks, and Tourism in 2016 for further examination. Since okay. researchers determined using DNA evidence that the flathead catfish was only 22 years old and Jeez. grew extremely rapidly and was a male. How is that even possible? Everything you just told me doesn't make sense. The fact that it was only 22 said, years old. Using Finn and... DNA, it was only 22 years old, grew extremely rapidly for the species, and was most likely a male. Apparently the... I don't know if I believe that, dude. Biologists don't always get it right. There was yeah. an argument that the 
like one of the gars was supposed to be a world record long nose and it was an it was a hybrid or an alligator. I mean, biologists don't yeah, always it was, get it, it was right. One point five five meters. God, that's massive. Anyway, back to this Tyler Barnes story here. So it says on July nineteenth, Pikesville's Tyler Barnes streamed a video onto his Facebook page showing a 78.9-pound flathead weight on certified scales at Goldsboro Easy Bait and Tackle. So, uh, the article says this would-be record is yet to be recognized, but since this article has very clearly been recognized. Um, just weeks ago, let's see... Melhorn reported a potential record blue catfish landed by Joey Baird from Lake Gaskins weighing just over 121 pounds. Yeah, that reminds me. In this course of a couple of weeks, the state record blue cat and flathead were broke for North Carolina. Yeah, so, yeah, that fish came out of Lake Gaskins. 121 pounds. Uh, Gaston or Gaskins? Lake Gaston. Oh, wow. Yeah. the cur- lake. I guess the lower, the mm-hmm. lake below. Yeah. Yep. So we have the... Roanoke River, technically, was dammed up, and you got Kerr slash Bugs Island Lake, depending on where you're from, Gaston, below that dam, yep. and then below the Lake Gaston Dam, you have Roanoke Rapids yep. Lake Dam, yeah, and then below that, you have the Roanoke River again in North Carolina, and that feeds into the Pamlico Sound. Yeah. It's just a crazy environment, man. I mean, just the, the size... The, the size of the fish that can come out of that sort of ecosystem is ridiculous. Yeah, you know, I mean, for years and years, James was thought to it was going to produce the next world the crazy record blue thing cat. Was like, but, I remember when I was growing up, 72 and a half pounds was the state record blue cat for mm-hmm. like a long time, yeah. like 15 years. Yep. And everybody's like, oh man, that's going to be a brutal one to beat. Yep. And then somebody called it 75, and then like six months later, it was like an 80, like an 82, mm-hmm. 88. Then someone finally broke 100. Then I don't know. It's like 143. Well, so the funny story with all that, Harley and I started dating. And the week that we started dating, the 107 state record was caught. And we're like, oh, let's go check it out. We went up to Bass Pro. And that's when all you guys worked at Bass Pro. And we got to go like behind the the tank and like see it in the the holding pen. It was in like a hog trough. And it's just this massive fish. When you bring a fish, like Bass Pro will buy a fish from you. If Mm -hmm. you've kept it up, they'll come inspect the fish. Hopefully that dude wrote that check before the 143 was caught. Well, for like about a – that was a state record for what? Like two months? No, it was a state record for like two weeks. Oh, I thought it was longer than that. No, it wasn't. I mean, it might have been, but it wasn't long. Yeah, it was not a long time, I know. But that fish, like when you bring a fish to Bass Pro because it's going to go in the tank, the Mm -hmm. tank's like perfect pH and those fish are taken care of like, you know, at an aquarium. That fish came out of, did it come out of the, was that fish out of bugs? Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, because it was two state records in a row came out of bugs. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I remember that. And. We drove down there, got the fish, brought it back, and they have to acclimate them. So yeah. you, you hold them in these big holding Make tanks. Make sure you're not bringing in any parasites yeah. on the fish. You basically slowly acclimate them to the mm-hmm. pH, and they expel all the bad stuff, and then you drop them in. Yeah. I don't... Funny thing is, all the way, I think that fish died not too long ago. Yeah. It's not in the tank anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but the funny thing is, Man, all the way up until I stopped ago, working there... That fish never stopped eating other fish in the tank. <laughs> I mean, it's a hundred. They pounds. consistently had to keep putting bluegill in there. The crazy thing is, too, them. is it lost weight. I mean, it was it, like 
they periodically checked that fish. Yeah. And that fish was like 84 pounds at yeah. one point. I mean, it lost like 20 pounds. Yeah, I mean, you go into Bass Pro and that triple-digit fish that you think you're looking at really weighs like 80 pounds. So it just yeah. gives you an idea about the size of these fish. But, yeah, we went in, got like the little tour behind the thing, saw the fish. That's crazy. It's never going to be broken. It was like it wasn't long after yeah. that the 143 was caught. A month but, or so later, there's yeah. a 143-pounder. Caught by a Nick Bass Anderson. Pro went down there to get it. They wanted yeah. to get that fish too, and they got there, and it was it was, it was still alive. But yeah, it was, it was they were like, "We're not saving this one." Yeah, but it's so. But that's the deal, man. We grew up on the James, and our whole lives, you hear about James River Blue Cats, and the next world records coming out of the James, and like everybody believed it until the bugs fish started happening. When I think when it was 107, every ball was like, ah, you know, the James still, it's it's going to be the yeah. 143 happened. Everybody's like, Ugh. yeah. I don't think we're, we clearly weren't planning on talking about this today, yeah. but it's a good point. River fish and lake fish are, it, it's interesting because like river fish, even though the I mean, fish still is. It wouldn't surprise me if someone caught 150 pound blue out the James. I mean, it would be surprising yeah. or like, like we said shocking yeah not necessarily surprising yeah. i mean it's it's the james river it's huge yeah so much food but the deal but, is there's current yes in those the big the reason why a place like bugs being a lake is growing fish of that size is because if you have two fish at 100 pounds say you have two fish one's in the james one's in kurt that 100 pound fish is burning calories every second it's alive so it has the to one in yeah. In the James. It's fighting that current all the time. Well, they're Eat. both burning calories. One of them is burning exponentially right. more. So for that James River fish to get to 150 pounds, yeah. it's got to eat way more. Well, and it's, it's a microevolution thing, too. Like a, a river fish, it doesn't, like, they're, these these fish are only going to do what it takes to survive. They're doing what gives them the best chance to survive. Yeah. It doesn't do that fish any good to be fat and sloppy. It's got to swim all day. Yeah. So, He's, yeah. you know, they don't have a choice. Yeah, so, but that's the thing. These fish in places like Kerr, yes, there's some current in Kerr, minute, because it is a bunch of rivers coming together, but it's not the type of current you have in the James, which is basically the largest outflow but still, in Virginia. most of those huge blues aren't getting caught at the top of the lake either. They're yeah. getting caught down in the, mm-hmm. the go, deep water. The go to Island and places like that. But yeah. it's just crazy, like... Most but, of the blues are getting caught below Clarksville. Yeah. Big ones. But that's the thing. The, these blues aren't burning the same calories that the river fish are, the ones that are in the lake. So they can get 141, 143. And in general, they have access to more big bait yeah. in the in the lake. Yeah. But that's it's just crazy, man. It's crazy to think something can grow that big. I mean, we bitch about blue cats on here. This is our fourth episode, and I think we've brought probably up. talked about them at least once every episode. <laughs> yeah, but just talking with with my neighbor today, it's like, how much longer is it going to be before one fifty's caught? Like, it's probably closer than what we really think it is. I mean, especially that fish is probably in bugs. That's for there sure. Somewhere. There's probably a couple of them. It's just bugs is so big, but. You have all these people getting into catfishing now on, like, not just getting into catfishing, getting into it on a level in which is unparalleled. What's unless, never been around. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, when you're talking about bass fishing, bass fishing's already on the top podium. It's at the top of the pedestal. It can't grow so much every yeah. year. But catfishing and the way these guys are catfishing and the giant sea arc boats and the catch the fever rods and, and, and all yeah. this, the all the little gadgets and stuff that are in catfishing now, the rattles and the 
trolling for catfish and all the yeah. stuff that's happening that you don't have that sort of growth in any other like discipline of fishing. You I don't still have that. That article, I, I I clipped it. It's at my house somewhere because I remember bringing it up to you. Some dude trolls the Mississippi mm-hmm. in shallow water with buzz baits with like live bluegill behind the buzz bait blade on the surface for blue cats. I've never. I have no. That it, sounds ridiculous. It was an in fisherman article, and I forget the guy's name who did it, but they had photos in the article of blue cats like breaching like freaking great whites coming up to hit it and all you see is a blue cat tail like That's slapping insane. some cat fisherman's just like let's see the dumbest possible way <laughs> yeah. i can catch a catfish well, like some of the stuff imagine doing that and be like there you're gonna eat the oh my god yeah well it's like some of the tackle we saw at the expo since we're supposed to be talking about the expo right now yeah. you have like like buzzbait style rattles you put in Zara front of the hook. spooks that you tie your leader to. Demon drag. Yeah, off of it's it. like, like, I mean, we were talking about blue cats today. Like they literally use the walleye style walking, like lead weights yeah. that we use for walleye trolling. Uh-huh. And they put that and put the bait behind it. And then they put it out on a planer board and they slow, slow troll. troll it. Yeah. And like, apparently that's how either King, the ice bowl or one of those ter- no, I, can't, like, I mean it's I mean, the same thing as it's no different than us drifting but you could control it more yeah you could go exactly where you want to go i mean, I mean it, it makes, makes sense, sense. Yeah. it just seems like it would be a giant pain in the I ass just, it's so hard for me to believe that you need rattles and stuff like that when it's like oh man i mean I, it's know. Just, I know you I look know. at like every catfish guide on the james it's like eight ounce pancake sinker 50 pound motto 10 ounce circle hook yeah cut bait but i mean I don't know. I don't. I, I don't feel know. like nowadays the the one thing I will think about is there are more people doing it now than ever. Yeah. So maybe a piece of cut bait it and getting it done like yeah. it used to. Well, the cream worm was like the big thing in bass fishing for years. You know what I mean? So it's like, are, is that where catfishing is right now? Are we? Are we past that initial stage of like people getting into it and now it's like, all right, we want to make this cool. Yeah. We want to get more technical. Let's jump down the rabbit hole and see how far this will go. And that, it kind of feels yes. like where we're, we're at with it. And it's just a matter of time for one of those dudes goes down and pulls a Zach Royce and catches two state records in a day or whatever, yeah. you know, or, or catches the new world record and he'll have some crazy ass looking rig on yeah. and then it'll be sold out immediately. It's the same thing that happens like every year at the classic. If they catch it on some new bait, yeah, the Bassmaster classic, like, I mean, I'm surprised like the bait for a year. I mean, the stuff we do with catching catfish on artificials and like, I'm surprised more guys aren't opting to like, troll scented artificial baits as opposed to like doing the cut bait route like i wonder if you i mean i'm sure they would eat it like if you'd made like a castable like or a trollable like a flounder rig we might be on something here big bucktail big slab of cut like a fillet off of a hickory jack i mean think about like when we're trying to catch flat maybe we shouldn't release this podcast (laughs) and that's it folks thanks for tuning in we're out of here yeah you didn't hear anything bye (laughs) yeah it's crazy the peel and drag podcast was only four episodes long then they became billionaires no but like april gets here stay record stay record (laughs) and just double it down no i don't know man it's it's just like you know how those blues in the springtime end up hitting our gulp. It's like, can it really be that big of a fall off the rest of the year? I know yeah. why they're hitting it in the spring, just because of the abundance of bait. But it's like, would they not hit it any yeah. other time? 
Yeah. And then it's like, like that jig in the reds, jigging for the reds and stuff that we do. Like it's kind of the same thing. Like, can we not go out in the river channel and just jig down the river channel till we catch a blue? I don't know. It's stuff that. It's not something you know to do until you do it. And then once you do Imagine it. Imagine what we would look like. Just drift out of your chair. What are they there, doing? Just sitting there talking, just jigging the. Boom! I mean. <laughs> doubled off on a I huge one. I don't know. You never know. It could be could a big be striper. Could be a way to catch one of the big striper, I was about to say. I don't know. Well, I, th- I feel like you need to take the active target, like live target panoptics thing, and pair it with that. And yeah. then we just cruise down until we see a blue cat. <laughs> There's one. Liter- I mean, I don't know. If I had live target money we'd already be doing this but i don't so well, please donate to our patreon and <laughs> if you want to send a live target to that p.o box i mentioned yeah. it the first three episodes lorance garmin hummingbird we don't care now i i need a uh, lorance active target please so it'll we'll be... make it work one way or the other yeah <laughs> but anyway yeah it's just crazy stuff man the, the world of catfishing and like where all of that stuff can go and then just observing it from the outside, I would say, because we're multi-species guys, so we're not big cat fishermen. But observing it from the outside and seeing the enthusiasm in which people are coming up with new gear, buying gear, and changing the ways they do yeah. stuff. It, cat fishing, I think cat fishing's biggest thing. It, it's like bass. If you look at like if you break down the accessibility of all these types of fishing, mm-hmm. everybody's got a pond they could go to that's got large mouth. Yeah. Anybody could go. I mean, ninety-nine percent of the people that fish can yeah. drive less than thirty minutes and go catch a yeah. bass. Same thing with catfish. They're in eighty yeah. percent of the bodies of water. It's the half of our problem. Yeah, it's, we've bitched but about it's, it for it's episodes. The, now. the reason it's so popular is because everybody likes catching fish. Let's be honest, catfish are not hard to catch. You could go anywhere. Yeah. And catch them. Yeah. So that's why they're popular. I get why they take up such a large, like such a lion's share of the tackle industry. But yeah. like, it is advancing at a really strange like rate. All of a sudden, like yeah. in the past five years, it's just I, I don't know, man. I mean, I remember the catfishing forums when I was in like high school, and like guys were doing it out of pontoon boats. Like what? that. That was the catfishing rig. And like I don't know. Just seeing that, and then fast well, forward ten doing years. Out of a pontoon boat nowadays, where they're putting like four fifty R's on them. <laughs> yeah, you're it not might sacri- still be the yeah. move. <laughs> you're not sacrificing it. Your houseboat has fifty six rod holders and a three hundred yeah. horsepower on it. No, I don't know, man. It's just it's a crazy world, and it's a crazy avenue that stuff's going down. That it really wouldn't surprise me if somebody busted off a hundred and fifty pound blue yeah. at any yeah. given point. I mean, really, and, and it's coming. Whether it's this year, but. Yeah. As you know, with any record chasing stuff, it's literally just the amount of time you spend on the water. That's yeah. what it takes. The guy that spends more time is going to have higher odds. You can always have the random dude that just catches it randomly, like screws off all day long, shows up, makes yeah. two casts, catches a world record. Idiot. <laughs> Guys like <laughs> state record uh, fall fish right there. <laughs> but. No, but, like, you have those guys, and you have guys that are out there every single day, and the more your lines are in the water, the better your chances of getting in front of a, a fish of that caliber. So, And that, call, I will say, the catfish culture down there in Kerr, like, yeah, I noticed it a few years ago, fishing tournaments down there with Connor and stuff. Like, you, like, I mean... Yeah. Everybody that's out there is in a twenty plus foot center console or like one of those big aluminum like Yeah. Look like those river jet boats with the huge front windshield oh, and yeah. stuff like yeah, 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 crazy yeah. boats like that. Yeah. And 
they're a lot of them are striper fishing. But yeah. a lot of them are catfishing. Yeah. And I mean, like, $100,000 catfishing rigs. Well, we saw all that when we were white, white bass, bass fishing. fishing. Yeah. yeah, those guys are... Half those boats that we saw catfishing were in rigs like that. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's it's just cool to see. But, anyway... We got on a big catfish tangent there about the fishing expo. What <laughs> else know, did we see? Um, Green Top took up the vast majority of the center of the building. Uh, fishing Pro Tech, that's another semi-local shop they're down yep. in toana um half real close to williamsburg mm-hmm. um they're like our local kind of like specialty tackle shop it's all bass stuff big swim baits but they're uh they're always a place that has all the jdm stuff yeah. if you wanted like a jdm spot in virginia they have all those yeah. big swim baits bunch of smaller like bait companies but like popular bait companies like beast coast baits phony frog phony frog stuff like that um yeah. They really do. They're definitely the guys that cater the most to the swim bait market. Yeah. Um, I forget that dude's booth. That one dude had a lot of swim baits, and it wasn't ProTech. Um, mm. The dude who had all the depth stuff, he had slide swimmers. and Oh, yeah. Had that giant bait that looked like a – it was a crawler, but it looked like a snakehead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I have actually meant to go back to that booth, and I completely forgot. Had a bunch Thanks of – Thanks for uh, reminding me. Josh and I both like those – that brand, Nico. They have some yeah. cool baits. Also, we didn't grab any of those musky baits nope. that were on clearance. I thought oh, about that last night. You did? I bought two of them, oh, the okay. little mini ones, like yeah. for pike. I yeah. completely I forgot. Two of those. Then um, Catch the Fever was there. Got to finally meet Caleb Page in person. Super cool dude. Got to meet Tyler Barnes, state record holder. Yeah, his boat was there. That was cool. And then, jeez, um, uh, I forget the guy's name. He just won the ice bowl. He won. It's the same dude. He followed me on Instagram. I'll, I'll um after i met him the other day but this this dude he's a captain he won the ice bowl on kerr and he won the king of the james in the same year Damn. he's, he's per- yeah oh yeah dude was super cool big bearded guy uh let me see i'll find his name here um oh uh, yeah jeez where is his name he was darn it i can't find it now i'm going back four uh, weeks ago you'll find it yeah. But, um, Bullshed swim baits. They had a really cool setup. Mike Buka and those guys. Uh, oh, here we go. Um, Christian Moore. Yeah. So this guy won the ice bowl, which I don't. Can you see that on the camera? Is the camera okay? Yeah, she's paying attention. Um, he won the ice bowl and he won King of the James. Let's see. Where's it at? If you're listening, you should really uh, go to YouTube and watch this. If you're on YouTube watching it, um, cool. Subscribe. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. He, he's a cool dude. Big bearded guy, like six foot six, it feels like. He's just a giant human being. So, But, yeah, there's a bunch of cool guys in the Catch the Fever booth. They have all the catfish stuff, Hellcat rods, all of the, the uh, spider rigging stuff. Got to see both the booths. Or, both the booths both of the mounts of the state record tyler barnes had his boat there it was cool to see how that was laid out it's just cool to be around people that are doing big things kind of motivates you um Um, i was saying buka the bullshed booth they had some pretty crazy stuff yeah um i always like looking at his stuff it's crazy how much his baits have changed like from the original bullsheds that were they'd still catch the hell out of fish but they were like plaster molded and Mm. You know, rough around the edges. Half of them still had sharpie marks on them yeah. from where he was cutting them. And yeah. 
now they're like injection molded plastic with like insane paint jobs and yeah they're they're really cool and he's got glides and rats yeah. and still multi-piece got trout baits yeah, i mean he's got everything you see stuff like that and it didn't like i don't know at least for me it's like i should get into this just so i have a reason to buy this stuff. yeah you you know. pick them up and you're like i really really want this but don't have any use for it yeah i mean they're the like moment. 150 bucks like yeah. well i can't justify this because i never fish like this so it yeah. makes you want to get into that culture but that's that's a cool thing about a fishing expo even those are ours isn't really that large but you have the biggest name in cat fishing you have the biggest name in swim bait bass fishing you know i yeah. mean you just you run into and a lot of these guys are semi-local i mean catch the fever isn't but like mike buka they're they're from tennessee i think well catch the fever's uh raleigh north carolina yeah so i, I mean semi-local but like yeah then you got phony frogs who's in <laughs> down the street yeah, yeah. I mean, phony frogs, he makes, if you haven't seen him, the phony frogs, shad glide mm-hmm. is, it's an eastern bait, but there's a lot of guys who throw it out in California. Yeah. Like, it, it's one of the most popular glide baits on the market, and it's made 30 minutes from here. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, what else was there? Um, Got to talk to Alex McCrickard, Virginia yeah. Department yeah, of, one of the higher uh, ups of Wildlife Resources. Yeah. So that was cool. Finally meet him in person. We've, Finally we've all him talked person. to him back and forth. Yeah. He's uh, in charge email. of the uh, angler recognition program. Yeah. So he he would be That's in charge of the... That's one of the things he's in charge of. Yeah, he's, yeah, He yeah, kind of has a big umbrella. Sure. But So we got to meet him, even though we kind of give the agency a little crap about the citations. It was cool to meet him and... I don't know, just open that door of potentially working with them someday or, like, rubbing elbows with them a little bit. Just a um, bunch, of, bunch of custom bait makers, bass guys, like jig guys and spinner baits and stuff like that. Guys selling uh, feathers. I don't even <laughs> we, know if we got time to talk about that, we, if we still want to talk. We'll gloss over it. We went to, uh, <sighs> we went to this booth, and they had this dude that was selling feathers. and uh, With artwork on with them. With artwork on them, yes. Yeah, At first glance, really cool. Amazing. We were going to buy one to put it in the right. podcast. Very studio. impressive. We noticed they're only 35 bucks. I'm like, mm, that's seems almost. extremely low. Seems like that's almost too good to be true. Well, yeah. the guy, well, right before Grant buys a rook trout, version of the artwork he lets cat on the bag that they're not real feathers it's all laser jet printed on a piece of street and i will give him credit behind glass yeah the the printing is so good that you can't tell that it's literally a photo i was impressed by it being real artwork and then i was disappointed but then impressed by how well the dude's printer worked it was amazing but the printer like took a two i mean took a scan of a feather and until you saw one out of the frame you had no way to know that was not a feather behind glass. put it this way five years from now one of those feathers is going to fall off a homeowner's wall and the gra- glass is going to break and their world's going to be shattered because <laughs> the, <laughs> what the hell this isn't a real feather yeah it was that good i don't the thing know is he had some cool stuff like i mean a bunch of the armed forces logos a yeah. bunch of like fish species yeah. Had the screaming eagle. That yeah. would have been cool. Yeah. But yeah, that was one thing. Uh my thing about a lot of these fishing expos, and I'm guilty of it, I think you probably are too. I don't yeah. know. There's a lot of small lure companies that come, like Deep Creek Lures, and they make great soft plastics and biz baits. They make great soft plastics. Yeah. But like I know it's gonna happen. I'm gonna buy a bag. I'll be like, these look like they would work. 
I'm gonna smoke fish on them. Yeah, they're not gonna be and able to get them. And then I would be like, I gotta go online and get them, <laughs> or I gotta call them. And yeah. these small bait companies, no knock on them, they're they're hustling, they're trying yeah. to make money, but like they might not have the color I want, yeah. they might not have the bait I want. I'm not gonna be able to get a hold of them like I want to. So I tend to fish way more off the shelf baits. Yeah, I'm just apprehensive to go down that route. But I understand. I mean, it's like the frogs I throw for snakeheads a lot. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've got some frogs from some smaller companies, but I'm still mm-hmm. more likely to throw a big brand frog because I can it, grab them whenever I want. Right. That's the biggest thing. It's I mean, if Deep Creek Lures or if any of these small bait companies were hanging up in a big box store. You'd grab them just yeah. as quick as anything else. But I yeah, understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm just I, – I tend to just do myself a favor and walk past those booths because yeah. I don't want to get myself into a pickle. Yeah, um, I get it. Ocean Z's had a good booth. They were selling those those Bantams. I almost mm-hmm. bought one of those. Um, but that, that – Pretty uh, much wraps it up. We were there with Abmax River Company trying the, uh, to push the discount kayaks. tackle thing. That was kind of cool. Yeah, this dude from Michigan had like all of this just disc- big bins. It was like five baits for ten bucks. I no, it's twenty five for twenty. Twenty five. So it was it, every part of the thing was different. It's like this bin, everything's a dollar. This bin, two dollars. Yeah. All the bins in the center, twenty five baits for twenty dollars, and like. I mean, it was worth it for me just to get some of those walleye rigs because you break them off so Didn't much. Did you buy a bunch of little crappy jigs in the test tubes? Um, yeah, but those were like twenty five. I mean, still, cents a not piece even crappy jigs. Those would be like and good little, little trout jigs. Little, that's why I wanted them because yeah. they're actual like feather and marabou and stuff. But like, yeah, it just you that's forceps for a dollar, <laughs> singers for a dollar. Like, like I got like little micro hooks for like oh, I bought twenty five cents. Six of those white blade baits. He had yeah. basically silver buddies that were painted white. They didn't. Yeah. Co- there were a bunch of colors, but white was the only one that looked yeah. like I would get the use out of it. But still. Yeah. Two bucks. Yeah. And I took six of them up there. The guy's like, just give me ten bucks. Like, <laughs> yeah. Deal. That's just the stuff you get out of. I mean, you know, like I said. Don't we have go to fishing expos expecting deals, but, like, yeah. occasionally you'll find them like yeah. that. That's kind of cool. But anyway, I don't know. The Richmond Fishing Expo is cool. It's something to look forward to every year. We haven't had it the last two-ish years because of COVID and everything else. So it's good to get back, see everybody, rub some elbows last again. Last year it was going to happen, but the weather killed it. Yeah, it it was basically known no one's going to be there on Sunday because it's supposed to snow yeah, and ice and Yeah, and then it never did. So, yeah. But what are you going to do? It literally was like 45 degrees and sunny that yeah. day. I vividly remember that. Yeah. But anyway, anything else about that? Uh, not that I can think of. All right, well, cool. We're going to move into our uh, my new favorite segment of fish talks. So I'm going to get us started here. Uh, basically, Grant and I send each other ridiculous uh tiktok videos that we see that are fishing wildlife water boating related and uh we try to go through those and see if number one please camera one yep there you go boom split screen i i have i'm i'm teaching harley how to be like young jamie from uh the joe rogan experience it's we're, we're learning here it's all good but uh yeah so we're gonna go through and check out some of these tiktoks and see uh how ridiculous we get so here we go let me turn the volume up here oh i've seen this one that sound is just mint there's nothing like the sound of line peeling off the spinning reel 
and Braid going through guys. Oh yeah. God, it's a fucking monster. It's a fucking big hell of it. Oh my God. <laughs> Some dude over in like California. Yeah, catch one of those California hell of it. 31, which that's, that 31 is like the size of the flounder we used to have here. Oh, I mean, yeah. upper 20s. Yeah. Like, we used to catch some really big flounder yeah. in Virginia before that, like, died off. Yeah, unfortunately. But, Commercial anyway, stuff. next video. This is, uh, I think it's all over in Miami. Just some. One of the commercially overcrowded inlets in Florida. There's like a dozen of them. Yep, just a giant. Douche Look, with a boat. Everyone telling him, lay it down. What are you doing? Yeah. Just trying to kill everyone. No big deal. That's like a that's like a hundred foot yacht coming yeah. in there at like sixty. Yeah. This is pretty nice. This reminds me of the New River during hunting season. Look at the size of those bucks. And they're just all eating it. <laughs> just just eat it. I hate that music. It's terrible. Oh, I saw this yeah, one. I have mixed emotions about this because it mixes the two worst things about YouTube. It's magnet fishing and it's a dude that's over enthusiastic about it. What is it? Is it a shark? I somehow this chick again. Is it a shark? Yeah, somehow this chick. Uh, All day it's a shark. Not at night, just during the day. Somehow this chick hooked a shark with a magnet i don't know anyway the best moving on. Shark, oh, pause real quick the best shark video of all time is oh, that yeah. one in south yep. carolina yeah from that exact same perspective yep. the lady is just like man it's a nice red fish man look at this just, paul yeah. get the camera gets, and then a bull shark smoke swallows it. like a 30 inch redfish yes. in what's probably less than five foot of oh, water yeah. in a canal yeah the like, best part about that is Imagine if they were fishing out there like a mm, couple hours, or not fishing, but swimming out they, there. Like you, they couple, probably were. Yeah, it's like a, that whole family was probably in inner tubes yeah. drinking Bud Light. Yeah, it's like a little inlet, and then like an eight foot bull shark smokes a redfish right at their feet. Yeah. So it's a shark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, here we go. You're like, why are we looking at an eighteen wheeler? Oh, because that's a bass boat. They got yeah. smoked. Yeah, good stuff. Anyway, that hurts. everybody lived. But that hurts my heart. Give it the NOS. <laughs> it's an oxygen tank sized bottle of NOS they're getting ready to throw into this outboard, which that is my favorite audio. That's not even an outboard. That's like. That's I mean, a, it is an outboard. It's an inboard outboard, yeah. yeah. It's literally a racing. You sent me this one. Yeah. I don't even God. understand the context. Did you read the... Yeah, they got T-boned, yeah, but they, on the he water? He wasn't filming it. He was saying in a tournament, someone T-boned him, but other Bass Boat T-boned him, that's, if you read the comments. Yeah, He's in a Bass Pro Pro Team 175 and a Bass Boat T-boned him at a tournament on a lake. That's Silly. unfortunate. Is that what that... I thought it was a Ranger, wasn't it? It might have been a Ranger, that's but a it's Ranger. literally a Pro Team 175. Yeah. That's a brand new one. Yeah. But that, yeah, yeah that's it a is Ranger. a Ranger. That's that Ranger, like, 198. Oh, yeah, 175. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally the tracker one, but they started branding it as a Ranger now. Nice. Of course, because you can buy... Johnny Boris. <laughs> you can just buy things and completely change the name, and nothing matters. But everything's We're made up. Next to these oil rigs. This was crazy. Once again, just the noise of the braid oh ripping off of the spinning. That's Stella, too. Oh, yeah. 
most delightful drag sound in the world this hour. This dude gets smoked too. 200 yards of line straight down. And after 20 minutes, this fight really started to suck. Yeah, put the boys to one side, you know what I'm saying? Isn't it a yellow thing? It's a big guy, actually. 20 minutes, I started to find some really weird positions to fight this fish from. Stop, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Dude's gonna lose it when he hears that. He probably is not gonna listen to this whole thing. Just a giant big eye tuna, yeah, like yeah, a yeah, triple yeah. digit. 150 pound big eye tuna. 150 pound big eye. Follow for more fish. Yeah, wild. This is pretty funny. Dude releasing a peacock bass, and in true peacock bass fashion, he hits the bait again. <laughs> like he catches the same fish twice. Thinks that oh cool, I'm, I'm, I'm alive. Yeah, here's a construction worker. Apparently his site's been flooded. And he's fishing it. And he's catching something and releasing it. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What is it about duck hunters glory, and just... Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to die. <laughs> what is it about duck hunters just going balls out through the middle of a flooded forest like you're not going to hit a tree? That... And they always look surprised when it happens. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, unfortunately, there's a poor dog bystander here. He's fine. Everybody's fine. He just... First off, he hits the tree. He hits the tree. Going like 15 or 20 probably. Dog just leaps at the door. This is oh, pretty cool. I've seen this yeah. one too. Oh my gosh. Yep. Yeah, I remember this. I don't know. Just this old lady. Just I've lived long enough. It reminds me of that scene from Jurassic Park Lost World. With Jeff Goldblum. Ah, oh my head. Oh my gosh. The boat comes literally... They're shipping the Tyrannosaurus to the U.S. Yeah. and the boat's coming in. And wouldn't you know, the T-Rex got out, and killed everyone on board. So no. the boat's just coming in, mock Jesus, and hits the pier. Nice. Oh, this was. This is something I want to do. What is is Murray cod? Oh, they yeah, are yeah. ridiculous. Look at the size of this fish. The one he's catching is already substantial. Yeah. And then it gets eaten at the bank by just these things. Look like freshwater Goliath grouper. They look, they're very similar to Nile Perch. Yeah, yeah. They're like a, a Nile Perch that has color. I mean, just what are we doing here? He just eats a fish that's basically the same size as him. I like those videos where they're like in the outback, and it's like, oh, look at this little pool that's 20 feet wide, uh, yeah. 20 feet wide two foot deep. Yeah. And he's walking a frog through it and just boom, and gets just, smoked. Yeah. That, there's... There's Murray Cod and then there's Barramundi. I think a lot of those videos. The Barramundi ones are typically in bigger water. Yeah. But anyway. Oh. Yeah. Um, you're gonna love this one. I'm, I'm I purposely refrained from sending this to you. Okay. You can see the cast net falling there. Yeah, Look at all those bait fish. Oh, I, I already know how this is going to end <laughs> yeah. because of our experience yeah. doing essentially this with outline. This is literally what every single time I throw the cast net looks like. It's like, oh, look at all the shad on the bottom. And then you're like, oh, I nailed them. And you're pulling it up. Nope. Nope. Throw the whole net away. Here we go. I got all the bait in the world, boys. We are set for life. Yep. We are set. We're ready. Yeah. We're set. Hang on. Why is it so heavy? I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Look at them all. I have been on the boat with Josh half a dozen times when this has happened. It had to pick blue cats out of the net. The funny thing is... And Gar. Gar's not too bad. Gar at least are stiff. They don't roll up the lines fast. But the funny thing is it says, time to let them go. And all the comments are like, no shot. Like this dude threw us that away. A nightmare. You know, whatever. Blue cats, when they're that small, their fins are extremely rigid. Oh, yeah. And they have the barbs. And they're just, they're sitting there in a net. And they're like, ugh. And they roll, and then you're trying yeah. to undo them, and then they shake, and they cut the piss out of you. They're just—they're the worst. They're the worst. It's literally the worst of the worst thing that happens when you're fishing. You couldn't catch a worse species in a net either. <laughs> uh, let's get a little steam. <laughs> <laughs> Just—they lived because the video got posted. But all right, we'll do. That's the best audio. Giant uh, blue cat from Roanoke River, the same river system we were just talking about. Yeah. Did you know that the state record bass in Alaska is yeah, funny. 0.7 pounds? Now, there's a perfectly reasonable explanation for that. The bass isn't native to Alaska. In 2018, the angler caught the fish in Anchorage, causing the fish and wildlife to lose their shit. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> that bass was most definitely illegally stocked. If that population were to grow, it would likely be devastating to the native trout and salmon Which populations. That would would. Disrupt it's not like they're going to grow. How long is their growing season in Alaska? Seven days. You could import a bass and that's your name to the record books, but that would cost you jail time. All right, we're going to do like one or two more of these, and that's it. This one's not worth it. Hilarious. And Caro's. Yep. I've seen Josh's truck, his old Ranger, do exactly that. Yeah. Spinning tires with the ramp. Look at this. Yeah. Kid literally. <laughs> the way the video cuts off while well, he's dead. <laughs> Look at this kid. Th- he pulls. He does the bait and switch on the shark. Pulls the fish out. The shark. The shark was the on his way to smoke that fish, and then it moved, and he said, "Well, that big seal looks tasty." Sensitive content. Uh, it's nothing. Red. We'll, we'll end up this one. Redfish from the side of the road. It's easy to catch a redfish from the side of the road when your road is going through the ocean. Yeah. Redfish on the side of the road. Get out of here, bro. Oh, it's a tank. Like it's. Get out of here. Like I'm just saying, in that location, that's not even the least bit surprising. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. The road is literally cutting through the. I mean. It if the road like wasn't there, you could have caught a redfish probably a hundred yards on the other side of the road because it would still be marsh. You built your road oh in the middle of the yeah. marsh. But anyway. The road see. is essentially up here. Bro. Ends up catching it, I think. That's no fish don't like. Anyway, that's all I have for fish talks. It, uh, just interesting stuff. <laughs> you, you never know what you're going to run into on the, uh, Good old TikTok. Yeah. It's just... uh, Don't let the algorithms fail you. Yeah. But anyway, cool. So let's finish up. We're at an hour and 31 minutes right now. So let's hit the number two button, please. Ah, perfect. You're doing such a good job. All right. We're about... Yep. All right. Fine. Wide view. Um... We'll finish up with the fly fishing show in Edison. Yeah, so... I mean, I've never been there. I have no idea what it's like. What's it like? It's, uh largest fly fishing show in the country um 
It used to be in Somerset, New Jersey, and I th- I'm not sure why it moved. If I had to guess, probably a location thing. The yeah. Edison show has like a really nice convention center. Um, it's also got a lot of hotels really close by for mm-hmm. all the exhibitors. Um, so that was cool. A um, lot of exi- – everybody in the industry essentially is there. I mean, yeah. all the big fly line companies, all the big fly rod and reel companies. TFO right. was there. Um Winston, Scott, yeah, all, all the big, all the biggest rod companies were there. Um, Scientific Anglers was there for fly lines, airflow, you name it. Everybody was there, and a lot of the smaller companies are like up and coming. Like Taylor Fly Fishing was there, and tons of tires, like insane amount of tires. Like yeah. I was talking about what the Virginia show should do, a tires row. There was probably a hundred table. Eh, probably 70 tables 70 to 75 that's still a lot oh yeah but it's like you walk in first table to the left fly tire and it goes all the way around yeah um a lot of cool artists were there i picked up some artwork from a dan danforth if you want to check his stuff out really unique style of art funny like full circle story last summer i was in st petersburg visiting holly my fiance's uh family Mm -hmm. her uncle lives down there and there's a bar down there called Barfly, and it's like a fly fishing themed bar. It was kind of cool, cool place to check out. But there's a like a tackle slash clothing shop right down the road from it, or just up the street called uh, Backwater Anglers. Mm-hmm. And there's a really cool redfish print in there, and it was for sale. And it was the Dan Danforth redfish print, and they wanted I can't remember how much money they wanted for it. But I was like, ah, I couldn't quite justify it. And on top of that, I had to fly home. So I was like, I don't exactly know how I'm going to get it home. Right. So I passed on it. He had the same redfish print with him at the show, so I bought it. That's legit. <laughs> that was kind of cool. I'm trying to find him on Instagram, but I can't. Do you know what it is? Dan Danforth so, Art. D-A-N, D-A-N should pop up. Dude. Trying to find it so he can promote his stuff. I'm sorry, not David, not Dan Danforth. It's David Danforth. My uh, fault. Okay, well, you Dave, loved him so much. I am sorry, name. it's David Danforth. It is currently 11.30 p.m. <laughs> in the podcast studio. Yeah, well, it only took us like nine hours yeah. to get set up today for some reason. So, I'm sorry, David. Still love your artwork. <laughs> I got your last name right. David Danforth, art, artist slash designer for hire, shirts, designs, logos, decals. It's Dan, or no. David oh, Danforth. David Danforth Art, Art on Instagram. He Check does a uh, wood Give burning, a and he's got kind of like a psychedelic style to a lot of his work. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool stuff. He's got a uh, got a really cool Instagram. He does a lot of various species. Uh, mm-hmm. I picked up a redfish, which out of all the species he had, that was my favorite. Yeah. Picked up a striper just because every single bit I flipped through that striper print kept looking at me. And I was like, ah, I really want that yeah. one. It was just one of the – it wasn't really like a psychedelic one, but it was – the colors were cool, the way he did it, the shape. I liked – it was a different perspective of a striper, like mm-hmm. not curled tail, but it was like coming at the camera at a weird angle. Yeah. So kind of cool. Um, and then I picked up Golden Dorado, just number one tippy-top bucket list species. I think we'll probably talk about that next episode yeah. go through our bucket list stuff. Yeah, I, uh... Yeah, so, there's actually a up close to the Golden Dorado, so... That's sick. It's kind of cool. And then the, uh, Striper... I know I took a picture. There it is. The Striper. See, it's like a different angle Yeah. that a Striper's yeah. at. And then the Redfish print, the one that I wanted. 
when I was in St. Pete. Crap, it's naturally I took it sideways, but oh, that's cool. That one, yeah. So you can kind of see that one. Yeah, but yeah, um, that was the main thing I picked up. Uh, another big thing with fly tying, if you know, is hackles like feathers and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, there's a guy Keyhoff Hackles. He uh, runs a fly shop, but he's known to be one of the big feather distributors. So picked up some hen stuff to tie game changers from him. He's always got like. He's got the really high-grade stuff, and mm-hmm. then he has, like, the kind of lower-grade stuff. The feathers are still really nice, but the colors might not be perfect. Yeah. Works great for game-changers because when you're palmering a feather around the hook, if the color's not perfect all over the feather, you're not going to notice it. doesn't really it. matter. So it's nicer for that. Uh, picked up some hackle. I think that's really the only stuff I bought. Um, a lot of lodges were there, a lot of clothing companies. Uh, TCO Fly Shop had a bunch of... Uh, bunch of clothing what's the size in comparison to like the richmond expo like building is probably one and a half times the size okay but it's wall to wall yeah i mean it's 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 it was loaded um four different casting ponds uh, a lot of big names doing the casting instruction um pretty much anybody you could think of was there um like random states had their like tourism people there like maine yeah. maine was right across the aisle from us they had a cool, cool thing they were talking about their season you know you can't like fish in maine for like a whole month out of the year like surprising because of the trout spawn oh uh, it's, it's like probably all, all they the really dog. have up there too it's like anywhere that has brook trout in it they yeah. won't let you touch it for like a month That's a good like way you can't to... even be on the water it's a good way to make sure it's your kinda, fishery survives. I mean, it's kind of cool. Um, There'd be no way they could do that here. No. But, but um, Montana was there, like, had a huge, like, tourism thing. And all right. There were, like, seven different lodges from Alaska there. So Wow. Yeah. That's cool. You they see were those like midnight sun guys or whatever? Uh, they weren't there, but there were five lodges that were on the same river, and they were, at one point, the highest one to the lowest one were 150 miles apart. Wow. And they were all on the same river. That's crazy. Yeah, and, like, the upper lodge is all trout and grayling, mm-hmm. and they don't get salmon that far up, or if they do, it's like you don't fish for them anymore. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the next lodge down is like, oh, yeah, we've got the longest season. You trout fish all summer, and then as it starts getting cold, the salmon are just reaching us. Right. And you go further down to, like, a Lagnac Lodge, which is right at the opening of the river, right where it meets the bay, mm-hmm. and they're almost strictly a salmon-only lodge. So yeah. you're catching fresh salmon right when they're coming out the wow. ocean. That's cool. But that was kind of cool to see. Um who else was there? A lot of tattoo guys there. Yeah. People getting their, like, famous, like, fish tattoos That's and stuff. That's funny how, like... I can't remember the dude's name. One really big-name guy was there. Um, the booth was right around the corner from us, so the whole show, you just heard, like, constant. What is the show we're at? Yeah. <laughs> this does not seem appropriate. Yeah. What, uh... Um, it's not the dude that does the like brown trout art and stuff, is it? Like the, um, the like, like cartoony stuff. I don't think he was there. Um, you're thinking of D Young. He yeah. wasn't there, but no, um, not D Young. Um, dang it, it doesn't matter. I, I can't think yeah, of names I, off the top of my head. I'm not up with a lot of the the um, the artwork guys, but um, I know that dude was there. Um, yeah. A bunch of them were there, and but, uh. All the Vice companies were there. Yeah. Stonfo, Renzetti, Norvice, we were there. Anything that was, like, groundbreaking you saw that you took away from it? Nothing, like, new product stuff. Like, the fly fishing stuff, you're not going to see. I mean, 
I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to like the scientific anglers booth, but like a lot of those companies release, um, like a new fly line design or like a new taper or something. I, I didn't hear anything about that. Norvice, yeah. we released that limited edition vice, the uh, Patriot. It's the yeah. red, white, and blue one on That's a cool. on a wood board. It's got a flag burnt into it. That mm-hmm. was cool. Um, we sold a bunch of those. Sold. I think there's only ten of them. I think we sold six. Wow. There. That was nice. That made the show for us. Was Siegler Siegler yeah, reels? Siegler up there? reels. There, yeah. local boys. Uh, they had the frame of a new reel that they're working on. Not done yet, but right. it's a, it could be a trout reel. That's cool. Um, they talked. Probably shouldn't say it. But they gave me some of the inside on that. That was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, cool idea that they got working out there. Yeah. Um, Bears Den was there. I didn't realize Bears Den was as big as they are. I'm used to seeing them at Richmond show just selling material. Mm-hmm. They had one booth that was all fly tying related mm-hmm. and like gear for fly tying and stuff. And then they had a whole other booth that was all rods and reels. Mm-hmm. They had a bunch of classic stuff. They had a bunch of the cool custom painted Ables like the Johnny Cash one, the ACDC one. Mm-hmm. They had a couple of the Dancing Bear. How um, much does that like stuff wear off? The Like if you actually use I it, is it coming know. off? I would imagine so because they are painted, but like uh, I don't know exactly how it works. Yeah, but like, I mean, one of those big like eight weight like the dancing bear ones they're like two thousand dollars. Yeah, so you're probably not fishing it. Yeah, most of the guys are collecting. Yeah, this. it's um, like the uh, it's like the Abu scene where there's yeah. like four million different versions of an Abu ambassador, and the guys aren't using them; they're just collecting. No, they're them. Collecting them like musky baits, yeah. same deal. Guys are just collecting. Wild but um, time. they had some cool stuff. They had some old stuff that's really cool, like old Seabaster fly reels. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a lot of old T bores. They had uh, what else? Um, Van Stall fly reels that aren't made anymore. They had a huh. bunch of those. those I didn't were, even know they those made were fly cool reels. To see. Uh, well, Three Tan is who took over van stall's fly gotcha. reel business the old van stalls after i've, I've fished three tan reels for a while mm-hmm. you can tell where it came from like the van stalls feel a lot like the three tans gotcha um i guess you just say the three tans feel like the van stalls but um, what's it cost to get in that place i think it's 18 bucks for a adult it's not bad but like the thing is it's cheaper than the richmond show and there's way more way more like yeah. infinite amounts more and a lot of like deal deals yeah. like really really well priced try to go stuff. next year just to see what it looks like it's pretty it's worth going same with like I my cast. plan like, next year is take the train yeah i'm gonna take the day off friday the show's three days it's friday to sunday yeah we'll probably take the day off friday get up early get on the train at like five in the morning mm-hmm. you'll get there a little after probably like two o'clock in the mm-hmm. afternoon and you know still get a couple hours into the show on friday and the yeah. cool thing about it's a train ride yeah, you don't have to do anything. You just sit there. I could sit my vice up on the train and just sit there and I might see do if I can like sneak into hours. the Norvice booth next year. Maybe maybe It's our... really not that crowded at that show. We yeah. got plenty of plenty of room, so see if maybe our website's killing it and we can have a reason to go up and promote or something. I don't know. We need to go to iCast too. Yeah. Dave and I have been talking about that. We just need to like it's well, kind of year, feels different like different people that we work with are like, hey, anybody want to go? Just shoot yeah, me an email. Yeah, Luther with the Yak Attack. I mean, every, yeah. everybody's looking for people to work iCast. I think with the media stuff that we're doing now, it'd be good for us to go. And, like, we walk around shows. If I start walking around iCast, I'd, you'd never see me again. You need money. Well, <laughs> like, well nothing's for sale at iCast. Oh, you can't buy anything there? Oh, I didn't know that. Well, it shows it's you just a, how much I know about iCast. It's just an industry show. It's not a fishing okay. show. You have to be in the industry to go. Like, okay. you, 
you have to have a pass to get in. Well, we're in the industry, so we yeah. But like, my thing is like, if I left, if I left the booth like we do in Richmond, uh-huh. just to like do a lap, gone. Yeah, we need to like, go. Oh, the show's closing. I did nothing. Yeah, like, we need to around. go separately and like help yeah. out the guys we know if they need help. But we need to not go with them. We need yeah. to go on our own. Just I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else at that show that I saw. Um, it was, I mean, it it was busy. That was one thing. Saturday was just yeah, crazy. I sold my my old Regal Vice to a dude at that show. He met me up there on Sunday and bought it. Yeah, I've seen you had that for sale. I was curious what happened there. Yeah, he, he met me up there. He was kind of being a jerk. He said, 400 shipped. I'm like, I'm asking 425. He's like, okay, well, 400 shipped. I'm like... How about this? No. I was like, I'm trying to get 400 out the vice. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, I'll come clean with you. I don't know how much it's going to cost me to ship it. Yeah. I was like, how about this? Send me 425 on Venmo. Yeah. I'm going to ship it. I'll send you the receipt, take a picture of it, and yeah. then I'll send you the difference. Yeah. 400 shipped. I was like, wait a minute. I looked at where this dude is. I was like, you know what? I was over it. I'm like, whatever. It said he was from Middlesex. And I'm like, mm. that's in Virginia. I was like, hey, maybe we can meet halfway. Middlesex, New Jersey. I was like, "What? Oh, New Jersey, Upper Sex, New Jersey." Any, ch- any chance you're going to the Edison show next week? He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be there Friday, Sunday." I was like, four hundred dollars cash pickup." He's like, "Sounds good." He, you would have lost me to begin with. I I don't do well with those. Situations. I was real close to being like, not interested. <laughs> I'm gonna keep whatever. it. Just not a spite. Being, he ended up being a really nice dude. It's just like that northern, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, abrasive. Yeah. yeah, it's different vibe from down here. But yeah. but anyway, he was cool. he was fine. So I sold the vice, sold a bunch of flies at that show. I did real well at that show. Um, right. A lot of striper guys up there, so I took a bunch of, like, striper stuff I was catering to. Mm-hmm. Had one fly, Braden and I, by the end of the show, we were calling it the cursed fly. Beautiful, tinted, feather game changer, just as mm-hmm. pretty as it could be. Gray back, blue side, chartreuse throat, mm-hmm. like, beautiful. 70 people picked that fly up. <laughs> Walked around, man, that is just as beautiful as it gets, man. I, I don't know how anybody could ever fish it, man. That's just unbelievable, man. Yeah. I was like, hey, yeah, it's for sale. All right. <laughs> See you later. Set it back down. Like, okay. Sunday. Yeah. I left the show at 4.30 um, when the Eagles beat the crap out of the 49ers. Relax. <laughs> But uh, that was funny, too. It was the same day as the Eagles game in the NFC Championship. Every TV in that place had the Eagles on. Yeah. But um, I was literally packing my box up, like putting my putting my vice in my go box, like getting ready to leave. Yeah. Still had that fly up there. And dude's like, hey, man, I was told to talk to you about snakehead flies. I'm like, yeah, what's up? I got some <laughs> this stuff. This one's for great. Sale. I was like, I got some stuff for sale. He's like, oh, cool. And, you know, he grabbed a few of these sliders that I tied, grabbed a couple poppers, grabbed one weedless thing, and he's like, man, what about these tinted feather changers? Do you throw these as snakeheads? I'm like, nah, them feathers ain't going to last a whole lot fish with teeth. Yeah. He's like, well, I do a lot of bass fishing, too. He's like, how much for both of these? I was like, I'll sell you both of them for 40 bucks. He's like, yeah. all right. I was like, yeah. Huh? Yeah. And I put them in the bag, and I showed Brayden. I was like, yo, they're both gone. He's like, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of cool, like, minutes before I left and they bought them. So that was cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a show. This was my first year going to that show. I plan definitely go to that one every year from now on. That's solid. That's solid. We ate at a restaurant Saturday night. I can't remember. Some kind of, like, like a roadhouse bar, like, deal. But it's a chain, obviously. No. But Not Texas Roadhouse? We were trying to go to Longhorn, oh, and it's in the same fancy. parking lot as Longhorn. Right. But um, Longhorn had a two-hour wait, 
this place had a 10 minute wait and we were like i wonder if that's a little iffy everybody, everybody eats there gets diarrhea well, that's I, was like, I wonder what the deal is with that and our <laughs> food was great we walked in i was like oh how long's your wait because i saw roadhouse had a two-hour wait they're like yeah. oh 15 minutes like why this works they're cooking Whatever. squirrel we're hungry yeah um so that was cool but yeah stayed in a nice hotel beds were comfy that's solid shower had the most water pressure i've ever felt in my life thought my skin was gonna fall off it's always appreciated. Hilton is not playing around. <laughs> no, they don't. I fi- I had a good year for work last year, so I, st- I finally got out of the motel. Or not, I think it was 21. Well, last year was a little rough, but 21, in the middle of COVID. It was the year we stayed at the Hampton Inn. Yeah. We were wall <laughs> you can tell how work's going when we you go went from motel, the motel to Hampton Inn. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh man. We're, we're Hampton Inn people now. You mean I don't <laughs> need to look Check in my these... room for bed bugs? <laughs> you mean I can just go to sleep? I don't have to, like... I still remember when we stayed there. We looked on like Expedia or whatever, like just yeah. scrolling to find hotels. Like, yeah, this place is a hundred bucks. Let's just go here. Yeah, it's nice to know that when we first started fishing together, we were like, yeah, let's split a sixty nine dollar motel room yeah. with two queen beds yeah. and a freezer that doesn't work. Yeah, and a a shower that doesn't have a head and no. bed bugs. One time you stayed there and ran away. It was the last time I stayed there too. Well, yeah, it should have been. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And yeah, but uh, anyway, um, we graduated to now we can afford to split up a Hampton Inn hotel. <laughs> we're doing room. real good, you could say. We we, we walked we're into that mildly place. successful. We walked into the place and asked the dude, like, "Hey man, you got any deals?" He's like, "Sure." It's like eighty bucks. Like, yeah. oh, which okay. one? Which one was it? This is the Hampton and we stayed at. Remember, you slept till like nine thirty because I couldn't get you to wake up. What were we fishing for? Walleye. Oh, so it didn't matter anyway. It was gonna be miserable. Well, we caught the fish the first day, so the second day was pointless. You just need to relax. I know what I'm doing. It's fine. <laughs> we I, caught the fish the first it's called, day. It's being in tune with your environment. We the, didn't have to get up that early. That was the time we had those ridiculously good subs. Ah, uh, yeah. So I was probably in cardiac arrest. That's you why I was had sleeping till forty-eight thousand calories of like onion one rings shot. and pulled pork on a bun. That was just in the mozzarella cheese as that much calorie. Yeah, dude, it was. We can't. I'm hungry. We can't talk about yeah. this right now. It's actually time to go back up there and fish for a walleye. So we need to get back on that soon. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was good stuff. It's it's. <laughs> I'll we'll end with the bed bug story. And yeah, then, that's then a good we'll, one to end up. We've been staying at this. Uh, I was supposed to go with you on you that were. trip, and I didn't because they wouldn't what I was let me fishing off work. Walleye, muskie, smallmouth. No, yeah, you were. You were fishing, fishing behind the dam. Yeah. Yep. Smallmouth. So we go up. It's just outside of Blacksburg on the New River. It's this little motel. We stayed at it for... We won't name it. Yeah, no, I'm not going to kill it. <laughs> We're not going to do that. Not that anybody would care, but we stayed... <laughs> we have such a good outreach. This is going to kill them. <laughs> yeah, until this blows up and we sink their business. No, it... Uh, we stayed there for years, and it was just a little motel. We stayed there like five times. I, no, we stayed there more than... I stayed there more than five times. I think times. I personally have stayed there five times. At least, but give or take, whatever. I mean, we stayed there with Connor that one time too. We've stayed there. Oh, we've yeah. stayed there more times. Than you think when he, when he broke like fourteen rods? <laughs> I didn't break them. He broke them. Trying to move your shit. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. It's not my fault. Connor's careless. Josh shows up to go on a smallmouth float trip two days after he got back from a Florida slash like. You had a milk crate that weighed 70 pounds. Yeah. You're floating the new river for smallmouth, and you had 12-inch hoagie swim baits. I've head. grown out of that to a True. degree. But it was just a bad situation. Anyway, I'm solo up there. I fished all day. I'm freezing cold, and 
just another like our last story. We go, I go to the motel and it's full. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Blacksburg is not normally full, no. like not real, unless it's game Wasn't day. It parents weekend or something. Yeah, it was something dumb. Yeah. They had one room. You've left. got Blacksburg and Radford. Christiansburg and Radford. Radford are all right there together. Yeah. So you got Virginia Tech and Radford. Yep, yep, yep. And then a couple of the smaller colleges like Emory or something like that. But anyway, they gave me the last room, which I'm always weary of the last room because yeah. there's a reason there's why. There's a reason it's not booked. Right. The whole so I get in there, is. walk in. And I'm tired. They looked at you. They were like, oh, he won't notice. Yeah, he won't notice. This Stupid. Imagine Josh Dolan fishing all day, showing up at like 830 at night. Yeah. Like, you got a room. I'm They're t- like, oh, he definitely yeah. won't notice. And no vacancy. Okay. But no, I walk in. I look around. And I'm like, mm, we're good. And normally, being a painting contractor for my day job, I'm used to looking for bed bugs. And it, it's just some – it's routine. So I looked, flipped the mattress up, didn't see any. I'm like – I'm good. Like, didn't see the the signs of bed bugs, so I leave. Stains, go- sponges, spots. Yeah, literal it's, bugs. It's literally bed bug poop. Yeah, but I leave. Go to Taco Bell, get my dinner, like get back, bring Taco Bell and bring all my gear. And it's been like an hour, hour and a half since I've gotten my like room key. Motel so, and Taco Bell. Well, a motel in an hour and a half. Like it's very suspicious amount of time to walk back and be like, hey, your room has bed bugs. It's like, no, I didn't just pick up a prostitute. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> like, like, no, your room really has bed bugs. Don't need this anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, basically, I've, I've stayed in a pay-by-the-hour room, which I didn't realize was no, a pay-by-hour I'm pretty sure we did when yeah. we were white bass That was fishing. in Marion. No, no, that was I was brown trout fishing in Marion, Virginia. I didn't realize till I read the reviews after I left. A year later, I was going to go back there, and, and all the reviews were I like, have a disease now. <laughs> it's a nice place other than the fact that you pay by the hour, and I had stayed there a year prior and had no idea. So uh, clearly a great track record. All the record. wonderful places great, are, great, are fishing pursuits. Yeah, us. great track record. But anyway, I get in this room. I'm putting all my stuff down. I lay down, turn on the TV, like on top of the cover, comforter and all that. I'm eating my Taco Bell. Something out of the corner of my eye catches my eye, and there's this little bed bug running yeah. across the top of the comforter. And I levitated. <laughs> Did, <laughs> I immediately could float in the air. I took all my stuff, threw it in the back of my truck, Finished my Taco Bell off and was like, what am I going to do? I can't go back to the office because they're going to argue with me. It's been an hour and a half. It looks suspicious. I'm like, screw it. I took a shower, loaded all my stuff up, took those clothes off, left them in the back of the truck. Luckily, it was like four degrees outside. Changed clothes and slept in my truck that night after paying 70 bucks a night for a room. So really good times. Just, Did you catch your smallmouth that trip too? Uh, I can't remember. That, all of that was a blur, but... Just to show you that I'm a good person, I let them keep their 70 bucks, even though they almost gave me just the plague, basically, because bed bugs are terrible. But anyway, we're going to end our fishing podcast talking about bed bugs. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so, uh, appreciate you all tuning in. Um, if you uh, enjoy what you hear, subscribe, like us five stars, wherever you're listening to this at. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere, wherever you're consuming this right now. We're also on YouTube if you'd like to watch it. And if you're watching it and you'd like to listen, check out one of the uh, places you 
listen to podcasts yeah. again. <laughs> Check out uh, the HaveRodsWillTravel.com website. We're, we're, we're falling apart. <laughs> We've had them the whole time. We're losing them. <laughs> you sound super confident. No. Uh, uh, don't forget to check out the website. HaveRodsWillTravel.com. It has these podcasts. It has all the other podcasts other fishing on it. content. We have four podcast programs. We have fishing videos. We have gear reviews, trip reports. All that good stuff. Articles. We have a bunch of good um contributors really solid contributors kevin whitley casey reed a bunch of big name kayak fishermen david obviously grant myself and then uh a couple trout dudes were getting on board it's it's good stuff man we're 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 launching this brand february 6th so you're probably listening to it after the fact which means uh you definitely are actually this well yeah the site's live so you should go check it out and see if uh there's something on there that really uh piques your interest and help us grow share this with your friends we're trying to grow in the fishing world and everybody knows how difficult that is so if you enjoy it give us all the things that the likes and subscribe we want five stars new favorite source of fishing media please help me quit my day job i'm so miserable i don't know how else to describe it i'm literally i can't take it anymore i'm falling apart please this is my last hope spiraling (laughs) spiraling (laughs) anyway that's it for us uh i i don't do you have anything else i'm good all right we're good pulling up on two hours thanks (laughs) thanks for listening stuck in there this long (laughs) yeah but uh have a good evening thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time yep thanks guys Sleep. <laughs>